Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ace Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. We have a jam-packed show talking the future of Justice League as it debuts in theaters. Black Friday tips and deals. More TV ratings news. A preview of Week 11 in the NFL. We talk about this and a whole lot more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back for another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And I'll tell you what, we have got a thrill-packed, just... Mm, just full of goodness with pop culture just flying everywhere you can see it it's just so awesome today we've got everything just lined out for you just so much good pop culture goodness it's oozing out of my eyeballs right now as we speak but here to break down at least a great portion of it is my good friend he's the man the myth the legend behind humanica media it's josh peterson what's going on my friend break it break it break it down Good, nothing much, man. Just saw some Justice League. I know, and we're going to talk about that in a sec. Just Ooh, yeah. I know you got a lot to say about that. You even got the uh, Superman shirt going on there, and which you know I'm wearing Marvel today, but oh well. Uh-oh. But anyways, we're going to have a jam-packed show for everyone out there. We got a lot of stuff lined up. Brent Shelton from bfads.net. That's bfads.net, the place to go for everything Black Friday, for all your news and information on Black Friday ads and all the sales and all the deals. He's going to stop by and talk some Black Friday stuff, including great tips and also some great deals as well. I'm so excited because we've been trying here at the Pop Culture Cosmos Show and Game Source for years to try and get one of these experts on. So we truly think we really scored something really special today so we're we're glad to uh, bring it to you and we've also got jessica boggs our great friend from the tvratingsguide.com she's going to be stopping by talking a little bit more about what's going on in the tv world and mike crockett our good friend from the wrestling podcast about nothing he's going to preview survivor series for us and break that down as only he can i'll tell you what it's just always great to have him on the show as well and, of course, our good friend Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. He's going to preview Week 11 in the NFL for all you fantasy football owners out there. But first, it's the big thing going on in pop culture this weekend. It's Justice League. As it hits theaters, it's going on all over the place. It's Justice League, and, and we've got 
Flash and Cyborg and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Batman battling forces and all that great stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on the movie on Monday show, but Josh here has already seen Justice League. But Josh, can you just tell maybe in a little bit some generalities and, and your feelings on exactly what your thoughts are on Justice League? Because reviews are simply all over the place. So I went into it not expecting anything. I, you know, in typical DC fashion, I wasn't expecting anything. And I came out thinking, yes, it had its flaws, but it was a fun movie. Like I didn't, I, I don't regret watching it. It was, it, it was, you know, in the, in the same vein as Thor Ragnarok, it was a fun movie. It wasn't, you know, it didn't really have a lot of depth or anything to it. There weren't any underlying themes. It was entertaining. It entertained me and it, it did what it was supposed to. So uh, from what I understand, though, a lot of the criticism revolves around the kind of like the CGI and how the story feels rushed. But I think it's important to remember that we have, you know, where Marvel used had took, what was it, five films to set up their Avengers film. DC has only done, you know, they haven't done a solo. They've done a solo Batman film and a solo Wonder Woman film, but they haven't. Other than that, they haven't really done. They haven't Man set the deal, of course, as well. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't really given these characters time to develop. So don't go into the movie thinking that, you know, you're going to have these intricate plot lines and all this, like, character development, because you're not. It's an ensemble film, and it feels just like a, uh, a live-action version of one of their animated Justice League movies. So it's entertaining and it's fun, but it's not, like, don't, don't expect a lot of depth from it. Let's just put it this way. The reviews have been out, and I'll give you generalities as far as it's concerned, and we can speak in that. But I will say this, the reviews for it said that there's good character building between each other as far as the interaction is concerned. Is that correct? All right. So you can see the differences between Zack Snyder's and Joss Whedon's parts. Like, you know, they're different stuff. That's another thing. Like, it's very lighthearted. There's a lot of jokes. But that's because they have now brought in these characters who, you know, in the comic books, they're funny. They're meant to be funny. They're tragic heroes, but they're funny. The team dynamic between them was good. And, you know, of course you have, just like they had in the Avengers, you have the moment where the team all hates each other. But, like, it wasn't as dragged out as it was in Avengers. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, less than five minutes of, out of the movie. But then there's also issues with the CGI villain himself. And if you could just go into a little bit about the villain, also as well the story. And I know you mentioned already the story is really not very cohesive. And that could be probably attributed to the fact that there was two different directors and some of it was left in of what Zack Snyder did and some of it was obviously redone by what Joss Whedon wanted to go ahead and put in as well. Right. So the villain is Steppenwolf. And, um, you know, if you're not familiar with him in the comic books, he's like the the Silver Surfer of the uh, DC Universe, except he's evil, whereas Silver Surfer was good. But like he kind of heralds the arrival of, of Darkseid. Yeah, so he's trying, he's coming to Earth trying to collect these cubes to summon Darkseid, you know, to come to Earth. And um, he's trying to become a, a, a god, essentially. But anyways, yeah, he's... He's completely CG, and so are his uh, so are his, his army. But you know, it doesn't. It didn't. It didn't bother me that much, though, because you the fight scenes between him and like everyone else, they're very brief. The parts where he does fight, everything is CG. You don't see a lot of parts where you can see the difference between the real world and the CG characters. I know that that bothers people, but I don't. I don't know. Like it. Didn't, it wasn't really a a point with me. It's the same thing with with Cyborg. I know there's a lot of criticism on him being CG too, but like 
you got to remember like the universe that this exists in. But that's one more point I want to get to is that this movie kind of moves it farther into comic-y territory. Whereas you know how Nola's Batman trilogy kept things grounded? This is moving farther into comic territory, comic-y, slightly dystopian uh, look that Gotham City has. Like, stay for the after credit scene and then, you know, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. There are some times when the characters do, one, one specifically feels underutilized. Like, there's not a lot of consequences for these characters besides the destruction of the world, of course. Fair enough, indeed. That's Josh Peterson's thoughts on Justice League. If you want to share your thoughts on Justice League, Hit us up, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanican Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. It's forecasted to do a little bit over $100 million this weekend, right in the range of what Wonder Woman did. Uh, so it looks like at least it's going to do some pretty decent numbers out of the gate. This is a big deal for DC Films. The DC film structure is based a lot off of what this film is going to do going forward. So definitely a lot is riding on the success of Justice League this weekend and going forward. Can I have one closing thought? Yeah. It's a step in the right direction for DC. That's what I want to say. It's a step in the right direction, but they still got some climbing to do. Well, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Like I said, Brent Shelton from BFAS.net is standing by. Uh, right after that, Jessica Boggs from the TV Ratings Guide. Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. He's going to preview Survivor Series coming this weekend. And then Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pay Dirt Podcast. He's going to preview Week 11 in the NFL. This is the PCC Multiverse. Thanks again for joining us today on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Be sure to check us out on the Podcast Radio, Tangent Bound, ESO, and Gun and Geek Networks. Or subscribe today on our iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or podcast.com channels. I am just so excited for the first time I've been able to to get a hold of one of the great places to go for Black Friday information. And who did I get? I got the leading source of Black Friday information out there. That's bfads.net. That's bfads.net. And who do I have here with me? But the man in the know who works alongside with so many great people at bfads.net. It's Brent Shelton. How are you today? I'm doing great. Looks like a pretty good shopping season so far. It does indeed. There are numerous retailers that you have Black Friday ads for on your site, bfads.net. That's bfads.net or bfads.net on Facebook and also bfads, B-F-A-D-S on Twitter and a mobile app as well. Even better. Just put it right there. iOS, Android compatible. Boom. Right there you go. Gets the best deals. And believe me, everyone out there will need to get that so they can go ahead and plan out their shopping season while in the mix and and, oh, I just love Black Friday. I just I cannot tell you enough, Brent, how much I love battling it in there. It's like getting in there with Walmart or you go here to Target and you're just battling in there, just, just fighting off everybody for those great deals. I want to ask you, how important is it to everyone out there that they go and prepare for Black Friday this year? With all the early sales going on, and it seems like they get earlier and earlier every year, you've got 
several different retailers that are kicking off their online sales on Wednesday. There's a couple that start on Monday, but for the most part, I, everything's available online before the store's even open, so preparation is really the key. A lot of times you can get the items that you want online without ever having to go to a store. So if there's a, a specific store that you want to make sure you go to, maybe the other store you're not sure you're going to get to and grab those doorbusters, you want to look online. Uh, that's where the mobile app can really pay off too. If you're standing in line at a store, you might be able to shop while you're waiting. And also as well, several retailers have gone back to old school and that they've shifted back their starting times to Friday. So that's one of the things also that bfads.net covers is the fact that which stores are opening and when. Is that correct? Yeah, we've got a, a living post, I want to call it, uh, where we uh, list the store hours. The store hours are, it lets you know when stores uh, start online, uh, which stores are open on Thanksgiving Day, which stores are open on Black Friday, and what their exact hours are. And then if you want to dig in a little bit, each retailer we kind of outline what time the big doorbusters start because they don't, you know, a lot of times those prices are short range, you know, they're only available for a couple hours at those really crazy prices. And then the prices go back up a little bit. Definitely something to think about and plan out because like you said, with all the changes that went on and a lot of retailers shifting back to Friday for their start times as far as in store, but also got to remember the fact that now because the internet is so much a part of our lives and internet shopping is now a huge, huge portion of the holiday shopping season. You got to check out bfads.net to find out exactly when those sales start both in store and online. Brent, I got to ask, you know, with all the great deals going on, you and I have both seen it and I've actually reported on Black Friday ads for the past uh, almost seemingly seven, eight years now. You see a lot of manufacturers that either give the okay to lower the price of their products across the board and give all the retailers a chance to put at a low price. But then you also see some retailers providing special models specifically for that Black Friday shopping season. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and, and it's really uh, prevalent when we talk about TVs. There's so many different 4K TVs out there and so many different models. Uh, part of the reason they do, like, let's say Best Buy, and I don't want to pick on Best Buy, but their doorbusters, they have a Toshiba 55-inch 4K TV for $280, which is a spectacular deal. But you're not going to be able to go compare prices on that particular model because that model is made specifically for Best Buy. And it's not always that way across the board, but a lot of these doorbusters that have these crazy low prices are one-off models that are made especially for that store. So what you really want to do is a little bit of homework ahead of time, you know, see how many HDMI outlets they have, what kind of uh, refresh rate that they have. Those kind of things are kind of expensive because you can get caught up in the hype on how cheap the TV is, but... Maybe there's some kind of feature on there. You spend $10 more at a different store for the same size TV, different brand, and you're going to get a, a nice feature that, especially for the gamers out there, it's going to be way better. Once again, I have Brent Shelton. He is working with bfads.net. bfads.net, the place to go for everything Black Friday, and as far as prices, ads, retailers, the whole nine yards, you got to check it out bfads.net. We're giving away $20,000 worth of prizes. 
Whoa. So, so that's a good reason to uh, stop in early, put your, you know, sign up. All you got to do is sign up and you're eligible for every single giveaway. You don't have to keep coming back every time we do something new, but we're giving away a switch. We're giving away uh, a PS4 console bundle. We're giving away an Xbox. So yeah, they're pretty awesome. Uh, Amazon gift cards, all kinds of cool stuff. It's worth just putting your name in, in the hat. Then you'll be on our email list and you'll get updates on when things change because stores change prices this time of year quite a bit. And we're on top of that news and we'd like to share it because we want everyone to save money. Absolutely, indeed. And that's great news. Now, I'll tell you what, I'm feeling it out right now uh, after our interview as well. So that, that's great news indeed. That's bfads.net because they have become the leader in Black Friday as far as information, news, and everything as far as what you need to know for Black Friday. We mentioned a little bit about the gaming scene, and obviously one of the things that we focus here right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos is gaming that's one of our focuses but you know so we do so much more but i know playstation and also as well xbox they've both given clearance this year for retailers to go ahead and sell specific playstation 4 and xbox one s consoles under the 200 mark which for really for the first time makes it really convenient for those who were worried about price point yeah absolutely or if you've got a second room that you always wanted to put put an, an extra console in, you can get it pretty affordably this year, right? My Xbox One S, one terabyte bundle with Halo, um, you can get for under $300 with an extra wireless controller. That's a pretty good deal. Absolutely, and also as well, you mentioned one of the things is a uh, another bundle, including uh, Battlefield, also as well, two different versions of Forza at 229 I believe, on Newegg. But also, there's so many more great deals, and the Xbox One S itself will be available at many retailers for $189. It's a 500-gig model. There's also a PlayStation 4 one terabyte, so if you're worried about storage space, that's something to consider right there. That's being sold at several retailers as well for $199, just $10 more. But those are great deals for both indeed. And especially if you want 4K with the fact that it, it's a Blu-ray player, 4K Blu-ray player, and a video streaming 4K option on the Xbox One S. So that's definitely something to think about for those getting 4K televisions this, this holiday. Matter of fact, uh, you mentioned that uh, PS4 uh, one terabyte under $200 at Kohl's. If you're a Kohl's member too, you can get Kohl's cash. And I think the Kohl's cash on that is $30. So really you're going to get it at about $170, which is probably the best deal out there. Indeed. Uh, I know the Xbox One S is going to be, I think, a Target with a $25 gift card thrown in for that. So I know a lot of people are buying that specific retailer for that 189 Xbox One S model. But either which way, if you want the hard drive space, the PlayStation 4 under 200 is a great deal. Or if you want the 4K capability, the Xbox One S of 189 is going to be a great deal as well. Well, we've uh, put people in a great suspense on as far as some great deals. We've given some hints so far, but I got to ask you, Brent. Brent Shelton from BFADS.net. What are some of the best deals that BFADS.net, with their exhaustive and thorough research into all the retailers and all the Black Friday ads so far, what are the major deals to look forward to 
we talked about some of the video game deals, and those prices are pretty common across the board. I did see uh, Oculus Rift plus uh, Touch Virtual Reality System for $349 at Newegg. Uh, that was the best price that I found for the Oculus Rift, which uh, in my opinion is probably the best VR system out there. Although uh, improvements on some of the other ones are getting better and they're getting closer. One cool thing about Black Friday is there's kind of some hidden savings, right? We don't just play video games all day. We have lives and do other things. We need to cook food. This is a really, really good time. Let's say you need a new toaster and you've been holding off that old toaster is just full of crumbs. Um, you can pick up a toaster for like 10 bucks during Black Friday. And it'll serve its purpose. You know, a $10 toaster, I mean, for 10 bucks, you get two of them and it'll last you forever, right? And it's a nice budget gift. So those kind of things, small appliances, 10 to $20 um, at most of the major department stores. Uh, if you're looking for like a Ninja professional kitchen system, Target has that for under $100. Normally that's upwards of $150. So you're looking at savings. Uh, across those kitchen items, things that food storage, this is a great time to buy like Tupperware and stuff like that for next to nothing. I mean, stocking stuffers cost more than Tupperware this time of year. That's kind of funny. And then one of the other hidden areas uh, that people don't normally think about is apparel. So we don't think of Black Friday. We think of all the consumer electronics and stuff, but there's some awesome deals on like hoodies, zip up, fleece zip ups, half zips. We're getting into the cold weather season. You can pick those things up for like 50% off. I know JCPenney, Macy's, and also Old Navy have really in the past focused on Black Friday for apparel needs, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And well, and because that's where they get most of their foot traffic too. So things like tennis shoes, those, those type of things that you don't normally think of for Black Friday, take a look, do some price comparing. It might be where your money is best spent. Uh, these deals on uh, the Xbox One S are probably going to continue on during Cyber Monday and afterwards. And they're not going to sell out of these items. But some of these Black Friday deals where they lower the price 50% on clothing or these small uh, kitchen items, uh, those prices are going to go back up after Black Friday. So you want to take advantage of that. Definitely some great advice indeed. Brent Shelton from bfads.net. That's bfads.net. Bfads, bfads on Twitter and also bfads on Facebook as well. There's some great consumer electronics like you had mentioned. I know 4K televisions are also going to be at a premium this year. What are some of the hot 4K televisions that you think, uh, from major retailers, which ones do you think really stand out as far as pricing is concerned? But right in the 50 to 60 inch range is where you're going to get the best deals. Uh, the prices on that size 4K television have come down significantly. And it looks like the Black Friday prices are the best that we've seen all year. Best Buy has a Toshiba 55 inch 4K TV for $289. Now, sure, it's not a Samsung, but if it's uh, your second TV, to get a 55-inch 4K TV under $300 is a pretty good deal. Meyer also has one under $300. As a matter of fact, most stores have at least one doorbuster of a pretty good 4K TV that's at least under $500. Another one that I like at Newegg, if you don't care about the brand and you needed a second TV, they have a brand called Avera, which most people don't know about. It's a 49-inch 4K TV for $200. 
That's probably the best deal I've seen ever in my lifetime on a 4K TV. And I'm going to try to get one because that one's going to sell out probably as within an hour when it goes on sale. That's usually what happens at Newegg. Yeah, exactly. I know also as well, Target is doing a 55 Westinghouse, if I'm not mistaken, for 248 Yep, that sounds right too. And yeah, those off brands like that, usually those budget brands are, you can nab one for under $300 pretty easily. Now, we're talking of as far as a lot of great consumer electronics, a lot of great specials as well in and out of that realm. One of the things that people also go for, and I've been through stores, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, what have you. One of the things that really goes like hotcakes are low-priced laptops. There's still, each and every year, a lot of low-priced laptops that go on sale, but those, I know, are hard to replenish, and those sell out quickly. Yeah, and some of the things that we're seeing is those newer two-in-one hybrid laptops that also convert into a tablet. Those prices have come way down. And, you know, you could say, well, I can pick up a cheap laptop on Black Friday, but I, I would say because everything is discounted pretty well, Dell and HP, like going straight to Dell.com or HP.com might be your best bet uh, because they're going to take some of their flagship models and offer like $400 off, which will be the lowest price that they'll serve all year long. And if you're in the market to get a high-end laptop, then to think about rather than buying the cheap model, because that, that laptop is probably newer, it's got more of an updated processor, and the software is all updated, so it's gonna last you a little bit longer. It's gonna have a longer shelf life in your home, as well as uh, you know the performance is gonna be a little bit better. And really, when you think about it, you save $400 on a higher grade laptop versus you're only going to save $100 or $200 on those cheap laptops. Correct. And also, as well, you got to consider if you're buying those under $200 laptops, the speed, the lack of RAM will both be substandard to what a lot of modern programs and a lot of modern operating systems really need to run to be efficient once you start putting anything onto the hard drive. So definitely that's something to consider as well. If you're thinking about gaming on some of those cheaper laptops, that's not going to work out too well for you. So. No, 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 no. I don't think it'll even on some of those uh, systems may not even load up the Steam menu page. So definitely something uh, I can agree with you on there. Brent, I'll tell you what, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and on the program today. I just... Cannot thank you enough to have you and bfads.net being part of the pop culture cosmos. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. I am a uh, pop culture freak. So just to be on a show called Pop Culture Cosmos is a big thrill for me. And yeah, I wish all your listeners uh, happy holidays. I'm hoping that they save some money. They don't overspend. Look, uh, it's, a, it's a long holiday. You don't have to spend it all uh, in one place on one day. So that's exactly why you want to subscribe to our newsletter. You don't have to come to the website every day. We're going to send you the information if you sign up. It's free, and it's worthwhile, man. I've saved a lot of money over the years just from that newsletter. So, And there is no better place to go than bfads.net. Brent, it's been great having you on the show today and being part of the pop culture cosmos for the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture head on over to our brand new site www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and we're back with the show this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate 
you being part of the broadcast here today and like a season premiere right in the middle of the actual TV season itself, the tvratingsguide.com. You got to check out their great site, which breaks down in detail the TV ratings as far as what shows on both broadcast and cable are actually doing well not doing so well and also great reviews and insight that only the tvratingsguide.com can bring and here is well shall i say one of the best writers on the staff it's jessica boggs how are you my friend i'm doing okay just great to have you on the show back again talking some great tv show and tv ratings programming I know we have referenced in previous interviews in regards to The Mayor and some other shows that were kind of on the fence. The Mayor got, did they get new scripts, new episodes? I know there was some confusion as far as if that show was going to succeed. Yeah, but it got um, three scripts, though. No word on whether it would translate into episodes. Kevin probably got, got a back order for three more episodes. Okay, yeah. but those both those shows are on the fence at at this point. Yeah, time. Kevin, I would understand because it's at the Tuesday 10 p.m. death slot, and the mayor's not doing well. Behind the Good Doctor, I think the mayor to me was the was the show from ABC that they promoted the most uh, after the Good Doctor. So, as far as new shows that were entering this fall, so it's kind of disappointing to see that the show is not performing up to standards, but. Uh, at least there is some hope for people to go out there and if they really like the show to spread the good word on it because there is still time to save the show and make sure it, it lasts another season. Some of the surprises, in your opinion, on shows out there that are really, well, for one reason or another, are really just surprising both everyone at the TVRG and general audiences out there. I can name two, and I know we've talked about one of them before, but I'm going to say that for, for next. The first show I want to talk about is a long standard show that actually has some controversy going into the season, and that's Hawaii 5.0. You guys just reported that Hawaii 5.0 is actually doing so well, it's winning its night. In fact, it's not only winning its time slot, it's winning the entire evening. And this comes after the defection of two of the premier actors on the show because of contract disputes and, and wanting fair salaries for all four of the main stars. Two of them left over that issue, citing uh, tensions and also citing uh, the fact that they thought they were being slighted due to racial discrimination and things of that nature. So I ask you, Jessica, how is that show getting it done? And are there any other surprises out there that you really want to talk about and share with the audience? I think mostly because it's steady at a non-fractional number for the most part. But on the other hand, the rest of the shows on Friday night, they're not doing well. They are at 0.4, 0.5 a lot of the times and the entire CBS lineup is doing the best of the worst, which is 0.9 and 1.0, sometimes 1.1. Well, I see a lot of Friday shows that are just really not, like you said, not the best of the worst when it comes to Marvels and Humans. That seems like it's already on its death knell. There's several other shows out there that are just not really of quality standards. I think it looks like they were put on Friday for a reason. There are some other decent shows, Blue Bloods and all that, but 
for the most part, Friday seems to be like this wasteland of bad choices for television shows and, and things that are discarded. So definitely good to see, though, that Hawaii Five O is winning its slot and still garnering 8 to 9 million viewers each and every episode. The other surprise that I have in mind is something I'm going to dwell on again, and it's my guilty pleasure. I, I don't know why I'm still watching it, but I still am. And that's the Orville on Fox. It's still doing about three and a half, four million viewers each and every episode. It's still either winning or very close to winning its time slot each and every week. So I ask you, Jessica, what's going on with the Orville and how is it doing so well? I'm guessing part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted and and how Fox is in a rebuilding year. But on the other hand, this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics for the time being. It's another according to Jim kind of situation. And with the Orville, it got renewed for season two, despite the fact that it was limited to 13 episodes because of all the special effects and how it takes a lot longer. So it's not been extended to 22, is that correct? Correct. And Fox went ahead and renewed it. Uh, definitely a great sign for Orville fans indeed. And before we head on out, are there any more surprises or any more shows that you recommend as far as shows that people shouldn't miss? Besides The Good Doctor, This Is Us is also having a good season, though despite being down in the ratings. But there's also Riverdale premiered with a very high number. Don't want to miss that. And you got Nashville coming back in January. I'm pretty interested to see how the quality has holding up. There's still a lot of controversy over quality wise. Any last thoughts with any pertinent TV information to the fans out there exactly what they need to do as far as to get the best insight and also the best analysis of television out there? Where do they need to go to? Go to the tvratingsguide.com. Check out our ratings databases. Check out our renew, cancel columns. Check out any other thing that are going on. Currently, we are dealing with controversy with actors on television shows, such as Wisdom of the Crowd, with Jeremy Piven getting accused of sexual harassment or sexual assault and whatnot. And you also have Louis C.K. and all the others. And that's been a big topic all weekend currently. That's right. Your staff is really breaking down exactly how the situation that's going on in the news with all the sexual misconduct as far as from all these Hollywood stars that are being accused. How is it affecting the ratings of all the shows that they're attached to and also the future for those shows as well? So that's definitely a great article that's always updated. You want to check that out right on the tvratingsguide.com. You also want to check out all the other great things they have to offer as far as reviews, ratings analysis, and day by day by day updates on exactly what's going on in the TV world. And if you're really in a hurry or you really like social media, they've got a great place to go to on Twitter and Facebook. It's the TV Ratings Guide. If you follow them there on Facebook and Twitter on the TV Ratings Guide each and every day, articles galore on the tv scene are actually you just go right there you just click on and it sends you right back into the tvratingsguide.com what a great site and i cannot recommend it enough jessica she writes a ton of great articles there and i tell you what you've got to check out her stuff there 
and everybody else is there too because it's also awesome as well but if you want the best information out there on the tv rating scene then there's no better place to go than the tvratingsguide.com jessica as always it's been a great pleasure having you on the show and I want you, Hunter, or anyone else on the TV Race Guide to come back at the end of the year because I want to recap the entire year of 2017 for the world of television. Hey, I can't wait to be back soon. We truly, again, appreciate you being right here with us on the PCC Multiverse. Myofeed of Inner Childhood is a member of the ESO Network and produced by Dude Letter Podcasting. My Movie Defender Childhood is so named because I believe we are short-sighted on the things we watched as kids. So every week we watch a movie that one of the panelists grew up watching and see if they hold up from comedy to cartoons or to action. And for this season, the last Thursday of each month, we're doing a TV show in our Myopia Morning segments. We watch Saturday morning cartoons and afternoon classics. So find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. How will you stand when we put your past on trial? This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. It's Thanksgiving time. It's a time to, to celebrate and, and thank family as they gather around for a nice, beautiful turkey dinner and, and all the trimmings and all that good stuff. But for us pop culture fans, it's something so much more. Not only is it Black Friday shopping season, but it's that time again for wrestling fans. It is the annual Survivor Series from the WWE and the WWE Network. And who better to break down the Survivor Series card with me and all things pro wrestling than the man, the myth, the legend behind the wrestling podcast about nothing. Although, don't tell the kingpin that I said that because he might get mad at me and he's bigger than I am. It is Mike Crockett. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Gerald. Thanks for having me back. Always great to have you a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. It is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Mike, you and Brian do a tremendous job with your show. What channels and how best can they get a hold of you? Because I know as a team member of the Podcast Radio Network, your shows are on Tuesday, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, sometimes we skew a little earlier or skew a little later, but yeah, Tuesday nights on the Podcast Radio Network. And also, we do two podcasts a week on two different feeds, so you kind of have to look for us a little bit. Mondays, we're on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. That's for wrestling podcast about nothing, of course, and all the feeds that we're on will come up, and you can subscribe and uh, listen on demand. That's awesome indeed. Again, that's the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing just search out the wrestling podcast about nothing on Facebook, Twitter, and also just you know right there for you. And plus, also as well, again, Tuesday nights on the podcast radio network. Mike, let's break down this card. It's going to be, well, it's going to be a pretty good card, I think, all things considered. Especially now that AJ Styles has now taken the reins and in the main event will go head-to-head against the beast, Brock Lesnar. You and I uh, have spoken in the past about Jinder Mahal and and maybe what some term as an experiment with the WWE as far as making him a long-term champion for a while. But it looks like another direction is going ahead with AJ Styles becoming the WWE SmackDown champ. Yeah, sure seems that way. It seems very sudden. 
you hear stuff like maybe they just decided that the Jinder Mahal experiment is over. And it's a little weird because we all we heard when this reign was going on with Jinder Mahal as WWE champion, we heard it's all because they're going to be going to India uh, later in the year. And they haven't been to India yet. They're going to India in December. So some people are saying that maybe Jinder Mahal is going to get the title back before they go over to India. They're doing a show. And I guess something I just heard is that Triple H is challenging Jinder Mahal to uh, a match at the show in India. So could the Jinder Mahal get the title back again in time for that tour? It's certainly a possibility, but I'm not sure. But for now, a little more of a blockbuster matchup when you think of AJ Styles, who's been one of the best in the world for probably 10 years now, at least, finally making his way a couple of years ago to the WWE. And now... AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar. That's uh, that's a marquee matchup there and something that I think every fan is looking forward to. So uh, there's also, with the Survivor Series, a great, great matchup when you're always considered the elimination match when a traditional Survivor Series five-on-five matchup. So I want to hear your thoughts on it because it does include the, well, I guess, returning Triple H. He's He's been back in action the past couple weeks at some house shows along with Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, and Finn Balor against Shinsuke Nakamura, John Cena, who, you know, is in and out of movies at this point in time, or you can call him Ferdinand. It's your choice. Shane McMahon, obviously, also as well, Bobby Roode, and also Randy Orton as well. So your thoughts on this traditional Survivor Series match, which, as you know, goes back from the beginnings of the Survivor Series itself. This matchup kind of takes you back because there's lately at the Survivor Series, you don't have in especially in the five on five matches, they don't like to put all the stars in those matches. They like to give them title matches and all this other stuff going on. But there's a lot of star power in this uh, Raw versus SmackDown match. Triple H is, uh, was a late addition. Kurt Angle is in there. Shane McMahon on the SmackDown side. John Cena was added to that match recently as well. I'm I'm guessing one of Vince's crazy days where he just decided to blow everything up must have happened. He just decided to look at everything and said, no, this isn't working. And he just, it, that, it just smacks of that because so much has happened since his card was uh, first announced. So much has changed. Uh, of course, Triple H is replacing Jason Jordan, who is the storyline son of Kurt Angle. So that adds a like a big amount of star power to that match now with Angle, Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe uh, running out Team Raw. And yeah, this just takes me back. And the whole Raw versus SmackDown thing, to really go off for a second here, Raw versus SmackDown, it wasn't natural when the SmackDown guys came and beat down the Raw guys at the end of Raw uh, a few weeks back. It There was no... There was like a little interaction between Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon the prior night on the last pay-per-view, No Mercy, I believe. But there was no reason for Raw and SmackDown to have this blood feud other than there was a uh, Survivor Series pay-per-view and they had to sell it. That said, though, Gerald, it should be a very interesting match. A lot of great personalities in there. Like I said, a lot of stars. So I'm really looking forward to that one. But even in the main event with Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, Nobody's putting up a title, and it's all these non-title matches, which I've I've said before, pretty much mean zilcho to me. And really, just you got to put up titles, you got to make it mean something. 
and across the board uh, on on at least with well, the tag team matches as well. It's not really just making it important at all. It's kind of disappointing, and it lessens that invasion type angle even further. And the irony is, Gerald, you have all these champion versus champion matches happening at the Survivor Series, and next month's pay-per-view is called Clash of the Champions. So it really seems like that's what should be happening at Clash of the Champions, champion versus champion, but they're doing it here at Survivor Series, and they say it's the only time this year that Raw versus SmackDown, you know, first time, the only time in this calendar year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other, and we know it's not going to be the case but they like to say that and you know i guess given that it's it's something it's a ploy to uh, get people to buy the pay-per-view and more power to them i guess with all these recycled wcw names that they have from the past like clash of the champions starcade and also war games that they're throwing around as of late to some of their cards it seems like what old is new again but it's just to me it's more recycled names without any real imagination but at this point in time with wwe being the main player right now in the north american market it's just very hard to argue with with what they have going right now but a lot of the things that they do has my head scratching and i know it has yours as well but let's just break down the rest of the card there's again another non-title match between the women's champions alexa bliss and, and charlotte flair there's a traditional women's five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match. There's Intercontinental Champion Miz versus United States Champion Baron Corbin in a non-title match. There actually is a title match with Cruiserweight Champion Enzo Amore versus Kalisto. It looks like an okay card, but it nothing really stands out to me as something I've got to watch. Is that the case, or do you really see some things that, that might be interesting for professional wrestling fans out there to really be looking forward to? Well, something that, that you missed, Gerald, was the six-man match, which is the Shield finally reuniting. They were supposed to, of course, reunite last month, but a viral infection that WWE termed uh, kind of broke out in the WWE locker room. So the Shield reunion was, that was supposed to take place last month ended up being shelved. They ended up putting Kurt Angle. That was why I, I mentioned that Kurt Angle came back a couple days' notice. Kurt Angle replaced Roman Reigns in that match with the Shield. So this, for all uh, purposes is the official reunion of the shield dean ambrose roman reigns and seth rollins versus the new day biggie kofi kingston xavier woods and the new day coming off a great series of matches with the usos who actually are also on the card uh, as you uh, another non-title match there gerald uh, cesaro and sheamus representing raw the tag team champions there versus SmackDown tag team champions, the Usos. So Usos and New Day had a fantastic series of matches. And so New Day is, is riding high coming to this match with the Shield. And two teams that work well together, two six-man teams that work great together. I think they could be the uh, show stealer of the night. But is it an effective way to use the, the reuniting of the Shield? I think that the, the, the you know when we first perceived that the shield would be reunited i expected them at higher altitude because all the, the success all three have attained oh yeah i would i expected this not to happen until probably wrestlemania or after that i expected this to be a much more prominent thing but they're banking that they'll get roman reigns back in the good graces of the fans and the shield was booked absolutely perfectly 
they were kept very, very strong and the crowd was really, really behind them and they were broken up probably prematurely. But I think the shield, yeah, it's, it's too soon, but I think there might've been a little panic backstage. Obviously I don't know for sure, but they are looking to get Roman Reigns to be the guy. John Cena is, as you mentioned earlier, has one foot out the door. They need a guy. I, there are other guys that I think would be a better fit because he has been rejected. Roman Reigns has by the fans for quite a while now, but this is what they want. This is the guy. This is the tall, good looking guy with nice hair that they want. And they, I think they're banking on this shield reunion to help them finally, finally after years achieve it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm kind of against it myself because I think he would be much better placed as a heel villain type character but then again, the same would go for Bailey. I think she should be put in a place where she could really get back into the limelight by being placed in a villainous role. But unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be in the cards as of yet. But that could things could change as they always do in professional wrestling. Once again, that's breaking down the Survivor Series card for 2017. No one better than Mike Crockett of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. He, along with his good friend, not as arch nemesis as the pictures always say on their sites and their social media. Together, they're the wrestling podcast about nothing. You can catch them Tuesday nights on the podcast radio network, the NAI network, and BDA radio, and I believe also Apple Podcasts as well, correct? Oh, yeah. Anywhere you can get podcasts, you can find us. This is a can't-miss podcast, and it's all because of Mike Crockett and the kingpin, Brian Malonis. <laughs> Mike, as always, my friend, it's just truly great having you on the show, and I look forward to talking to you again about the wonderful realm of pro wrestling very soon. Really appreciate it, Gerald. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike, and it's always great to have you as part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the show. Tyler, you got to help me through this, man. I'm already tired already. I've had four interviews already. Josh and Jessica Boggs and Brent from BFADS and Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And wow, can I make it through the show? Can I, can I, can I? <laughs> you got it, man. You, you can do this. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a shot. Well, we are back with the show. We truly appreciate you staying with us on this outstanding PCC multiverse. We're previewing week 11 in the NFL, and there is nobody better to break it down with me than my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. It's Tyler Baker. What's going on, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. It's always, always a pleasure to be on. You'll, you'll make it through. You got this, buddy. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Okay, second win, second win. So there's a lot of great action going on in the NFL, but before we break down possible injury news or anything of that yeah, nature, yeah. please 
get everybody up to speed on both the Dallas Cowboys finality when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. Well, the Ezekiel Elliott saga is over. He is not going to pursue any more appeals. We are glad to hear that. The court system is glad to hear that. I think everybody's glad that he is just going to serve a suspension and be done with it. So now at least that gives fantasy owners, they know that they can go ahead and get rid of him or, you know, hold on to him because he'll be back at the very, very end of the season. So if you have one of those weird leagues to where you play in week 17, he could be back for that. But also as well, basically it looks like they're going to ride the hot hand in Minnesota. They are. I don't know if that's the case. I think they're just going to play Case Keenum until they're really, really sure about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater had a catastrophic knee injury. He's back. He's practicing. He's looking good in practice. I think that they're just trying to not rush him in. Teddy Bridgewater is the future at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. They're 7-2 and two right now. They're playing really good football. There's really no reason to rush him back. If Case Keenum starts to falter a little bit, then you'll definitely see Bridgewater come in. But don't fix it if it's not broken. But there's also some great matchups going on this weekend in the NFL, but some key injuries or injury replacements, things of that nature. With the playoffs just around the corner, Please break down these important news items that you want people to know about this weekend in the NFL. Sure. Well, there are some really good matchups. We're going to see the 7-2 and two Rams go and play at the 7-2 Minnesota Vikings. That's going to be a really, really good game. I think the Atlanta-Seattle game is going to be a good one as well. Now, uh, Seattle has uh, had some injuries, especially that defense. Cam Chancellor is going to be a game-time decision. Earl Thomas will be returning this week as well as Eddie Lacy. But that tackle that they just got, Dwayne Brown, he's going to be a game-time decision as well. So not quite sure what that lineup's going to look like yet in Seattle. Also, for the Dallas Cowboys, Pro Bowler Tyron Smith is going to be out again this week. That could mean pretty big things for that offense. They don't have Ezekiel Elliott and then missing probably their best lineman against the Eagles this week. So that might not be too good for the Dallas Cowboys. If you have Dallas Cowboys players, you're a little bit concerned about that. Also, Ashawn Jeffrey popped up on the injury report on Thursday. You don't like to see a midweek injury report addition. It's his ankle. Now, he could have just tweaked it a little bit and they let him go sit out for the rest of practice. Friday's injury report will tell us a lot about whether he's going to be able to play or not. Chris Hogan for the New England Patriots wide receiver, he's not going to play. Ty Montgomery running back for the Green Bay Packers, he's going to be a game time decision as well. And because of injuries to Devonta Freeman and Alan Hearns, guys like Tevin Coleman should have a really big role this week in Atlanta. And also Marquise Lee for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Looks like he's going to be the number one target there. We thought maybe Phillip Rivers with the concussion, maybe he wasn't going to play. Well, he's back to practice, so you can expect Phillip Rivers to be out there this Sunday. And Corey Coleman, injured wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. He's finally healthy. He's going to be playing this week as well. That was a great quick update right there. Just boom, 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 boom. Get you that news and information that you need. Once again, it's Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. you got to check out his updated podcast this Saturday when it hits. Mm -hmm. He will give you all the updated news and information, including injury status and also tweaks and changes you might want to make with your fantasy football roster. And if you want to ask a question directly to Tyler, there's no better place to do it than the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook page. 
Just go right there and boom, you can talk to them or their group page where they have over 250 people right there conversing with each other, sharing ideas, sharing trades, sharing waiver wire pickup ideas, also setting up things for the playoffs and answering a lot of lineup questions as well. And of course, his great site, ffpater.com. But you can also, again, catch his shows every Tuesday and Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, and SoundCloud. Tyler, as always, I truly appreciate you checking in with us each and every time to give us the latest news and information on the NFL for all those fantasy football team owners out there. Thank you for having me on. I love helping people get better at fantasy football. I spent a lot of time watching games and keep it up with all this stuff. So it's nice to have an outlet to let all this information out. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, for your great work, guess what? You get to help me host the Monday show, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, the number one show on the podcast radio network coming up this Monday, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on the podcast radio network, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and so many other outlets. You get to host it with me. I'm so excited. You have no idea. I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome indeed. We're going to be talking a lot of great stuff, including some pop culture and also as well, recap week 11 in the NFL. Good luck to all the fantasy football team owners out there, except for the one I'm matched up against. Maybe not yeah. so good. For you. No, go. <laughs> but other than that, everybody have a great and safe weekend out there in fantasy football. And we'll catch you with a recap from Tyler Baker of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast on Monday's show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out this great PCC multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Truly appreciate being part of the broadcast here today. I'll tell you what, if for some reason you cannot catch our show on the podcast radio network every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or our Monday show, the number one show on the network, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, it's no problem. You can always download our episodes on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on any of these fine networks. Apple Podcasts. And subscribe to there we truly appreciate if you do and if you catch our show there at any point in time pod chaser tune in the ace podcast network overcast.fm player.fm google play stitcher radio podcast.com mixcloud the eso network the tangible network the gunning geek network cast crunch and popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and I want to thank the folks at pod chaser for spreading the good word out on the pop culture cosmos we're actually in their rankings, the number one entertainment podcast right now. And we truly appreciate it because it's all because of you listening out there. Josh, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So tell everyone out there, what is the latest with Humanica Media? Yeah, we got a new podcast, a couple new podcasts coming out. Um, 
One of them is called the Rogue Church Podcast. You might have seen the thing up for that. I'll be able to talk about that a little more soon. Uh, and also, we have a new Super BS going up actually right now. I'm posting it in a second. Attack of the Humanicans on the Podcast Radio Network, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, every Tuesday. It's a great show indeed because you never know which of his great shows are going to be on that podcast. It's definitely a, a treat indeed. And I want to make sure we thank our guest today, Brent Shelton from BFads.net, Jessica Boggs from the TV Ratings Guide, Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, and Tyler Baker of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. We want to thank each and every one of you for joining, and make sure you check out their podcasts, their websites, and all the great stuff that they offer very, very soon. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, Josh, uh, before we head on out, we have got to talk about the brewing controversy again with Electronic Arts. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is now out everywhere. It's been uh, talked about so much, especially over the past couple of weeks with the tra- with the microtransactions that they wanted to implement and the different kind of progression system that made it at first seem like it was going to be truly difficult to garner and earn the type of heroes that you wanted to earn and all the cool ones like Luke or Vader or whatnot. And it would take a long time before you do sometime, uh, some of them up to 40 hours of playtime before you can unlock one of them. So I ask you, Josh, things are a little bit different now. They changed uh, as of right now, as of this airing, They've actually gotten so much bad publicity and so much bile and and vitriol and hatred from gamers out there in regards to the way they've handled these microtransactions that EA has actually suspended all microtransactions at this point as the game is coming out. They didn't say they're going to get rid of it entirely. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be back in some form or another at some point. But I ask you, Josh... With what's going on now and what's going on with what they did earlier this year with Mass Effect Andromeda, are they back to the old ways when they were continuously, year after year, voted the worst company in America? Yeah, I don't know if it's on purpose, but it's it's a fear. And it's also a mismanagement of assets and funds. And, you know, they have these properties. They're just not do, giving them justice there they're looking for ways to make money and it's not, you know, it's not playing out the way they're hoping. And they're also, uh, you know, taking properties that are guaranteed that are usually like, if you do it right, they're, 
you know, it's a lot of money to be made off of this and they're, they're messing it up. Like Mass Effect is a perfect example. And they, you know, they're not handling their internal assets as well as far as like employees, like who's working on what. And they have the Frostbite engine and it's that, you know, they're making it so everything needs to be made on the Frostbite engine. But, you know, the, like, the Frostbite engine, when it does something well, it does it really well. But when it does it bad, it does it really bad. So it's, um, it, yeah, I, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but it's, it's, it's starting to look like it. So you know, the more it's like has this avalanche effect and the more that they do it, the more these things happen, the more you have these loot box situations or whatever it is going on with star Wars. Uh, and they close down visceral and closing down visceral and, and all these games and properties that people love aren't getting the, the justice or the, uh, the attention they deserve. But you know, the more stuff like this happens at EA, I think the less likely people are, going to be to give them the benefit of the doubt and keep going back to its properties. Obviously their sports sector is, you know, never going to not do well because they're the only, uh, they kind of monopolize that, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know what's going to happen to them as far as like their creative properties go. And it kind of sucks because, you know, obviously next on the chopping block is Bioware if uh, Anthem doesn't do well. And that's, that's a really frightening prospect to me. Well, that's definitely something that I'm concerned about as well because Bioware does need to get a fair shake. And I also hope it also gets a better chance. I hope I also hope it gets another chance to take a crack at the Mass Effect franchise. And Casey Hudson returning back to Bioware would be a great sign to to get Mass Effect back to where it needs to get because he was originally part of when Mass Effect was truly a successful franchise. But with the purchase of Respawn Entertainment, and now that's working on its own Star Wars game, the closure of Visceral Entertainment after what was reported unhappiness by EA because it was not a microtransaction-worthy game and just a single-player narrative, that really was uh, a, a definitely a sad blow, especially from the... the uh, people that were working on it, like Amy Henning from a, the Uncharted series and whatnot. And then you also have what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda and the tragedy there and, and so much left on the table right there. All this goodwill that was being created over the past couple of years up until the, the actually very, very strong outing of Battlefield World War One, um, uh, excuse me, Battlefield One. That was really a good game and, and a lot of great feeling from that there. But ever since the calendar has turned over into 2017, EA has gone out of its way to make a lot of people very unhappy. And that's really not good for them and it's not good for gamers long term. Now they have, as of this recording, suspended all the microtransactions with Star Wars Battlefront 2. But don't be don't be counting them out at any point in time because I think they're going to be returning that at some point in some fashion because at the end of the day, EA looks like it will always return to its old evil ways. What are your thoughts on EA and its return to some really, really bad stuff as far as the way it's handling its games and also the way it's you know, representing itself to gamers? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. 
Well, it has been a tremendous episode indeed. All those great interviews, all that great pop culture stuff lined up back to back to back to back to back. I hope everyone out there enjoyed it. Josh, I know you're going to (laughs) be on sick leave here next week. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Yeah, I just for real quick, I know since we do talk about pop culture, this seems like a relevant topic to us. I don't know if you read that they announced uh, earlier this week that this is the last year that the Vans Warped Tour is going to be running. And that's that's tragic to me. That's very sad. We that that's a, that's from an era gone by. That's all I'll say. Yeah, like when we we recorded a Topicocalypse last night and we were kind of talking about how because um, even down here, like the the a lot of the oldie stations that are on mainstream radio are being uh, shut down, and re- like the the sound is it was a good one, and that was being taken off the air for uh, you know like Christian music or something, and it, it, it it's sad because like uh, music is you know it tells stories of generations, and you know it's we're seeing less and less of it now. Is there's more and more corporate stuff and stuff that makes money and. Like the Vans Warped Tour is really, you know, a lot of big band, you know, from eras past and, you know, the stuff that I listened to coming, uh, growing up in high school and stuff. And there's a lot of bands, like a lot of people got their start on this Warped Tour. And now that it's, I wonder if it's just becoming impractical because, you know, the the internet and the rise of com- computers and technology just makes, uh, makes it more accessible or or what it was, but it's just, it, it's sad, man. It's like the end of an era. It is indeed, but, uh, you know, I love my Vans. So I can never fault Vans themselves. I know it was just a business decision moving forward and that they couldn't, they weren't generating enough fan interest, which obviously translates to the, you know, because obviously to get those bands and to obviously create the sets, create the atmosphere, the whole nine yards, crowds, whatnot, it needs to generate a certain amount of income. And if it's not doing it the way it once was, then unfortunately some things have, have got to change. So it's definitely a sad time indeed for those who enjoy the Vans warp Tour and definitely a sad time indeed as, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, progress always continues to march on. Super. Super. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Speaking of poop. Let's just start. We are... <laughs> yeah, we're going to scrap that. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. No, you're going to the stocks. <laughs> no! This is my nightmare. Um, okay. That's exactly how last week started. The nightmare thing, too. This could be a catchphrase. I don't well, guys, like we're uh, talking to you here from November 7th, exactly one week ago. This is fourteenth. <laughs> no, I was about this to is let you bring us in. You can bring us in. Okay, for reals. You want to bring us in, Eric? Okay. Wait. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> this is the worst intro ever. Just, I think okay. this is gold. Just leave it. It's good production value. <laughs> this is like all of our listeners. They like scored the best loot box for this intro. Oh man! Oh, we should incorporate loot boxes into our like. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think we're just gonna keep this soon. <laughs> I'm sick of trying to start it. Okay, I'm gonna try one last time. No, 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 no. I think this is good. No, let's keep really? it. We started. Let's okay. Keep it. We're, we're going. Okay, my yep. dudes. Okay. Anyways, you guys know me. I'm Brian Wagner, the professor. Across from me is my boy. Who's my boy? Oh, 
Your boy, Stank Bank. Your what boy. up, my babies? And next to my Stanky, who's my other boy? I'm sitting diagonal from Brian Wagener, the professor. I am <laughs> Professor Brian Wagener. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> and uh, who's that at the end? Wait, if you're Professor Brian Wagener, who am I? You're Brian Professor Wagener. Brian <laughs> Professor, okay. You're uh, Kyle Broflowski, uh, PhD to Bry University. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> All I had to do was open the door. <laughs> and reach for the sky. <laughs> I apologize to everyone who's listening to this intro. We also don't know how many of our listeners are former alum of uh, of DeVry. All so. of them. <laughs> this is a DeVry only podcast where we bring you the news about DeVry and what we love about it. Um, <laughs> what have you guys been playing? Let's just get to it. Josh, tell me. It's a very short. So I, I've been playing a little indie called N plus plus. It's kind of like a little. Uh, you remember, yeah. remember that game that used to play in school called Stick Death? It's kind of like that, except it's not as violent. But I, I don't know the Stick Death. Yeah, from I did school. work during school. <laughs> did, no. did oh, oh, hey, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you play it on a TI eighty three plus? Because that was what I was one of my games yeah, on. No, only oh, on the original anti, uh, Macintosh. Um, anti stickism was highly punishable at my school. So <laughs> yeah, but death. But yeah, that, that, that's all I've been playing. I haven't gotten a chance to jump back into Super Mario yet. Where are you in that game? Where um, are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm still where I was last week. I haven't had time to play so it. So many, how many hundreds of moons do you have? How many hundreds of moons do I have? I have probably 70. Not so, hundreds, yeah. but just so 70. Like three quarters of a hundred. <laughs> three quarters. Yeah, I probably got a good you know, 30 hours left. Oh my goodness. Three? You only have... Oh, Brian's not, not even a hundred. Brian realized he wasn't loud enough and wanted to be actually. No, no, he wanted louder. to be the dominant voice on the podcast. <laughs> I was wondering why my voices besides Brian my, a professor for you. I was wondering <laughs> why my my microphone was so like I was so muffled, but I was speaking directly into it. So I figured out that it's mystery. That PhD so, is in noiseology. You had your hand in front of your mouth. And mm. I was farting the whole time. Um, Donna, what have you been playing? <laughs> um, I see. I played a lot more. I, I, I've taken an, an official break from Super Mario Odyssey, capping out at 825 moons. We were on a break. Dang. That's not enough. Um, there's nine. I'm really excited. I like the that there's there's some some light rumors going around that there could be DLC, mm-hmm. um, which would be amazing. Um, so I, I left myself. What I what I didn't want to do was leave only there's a handful of moons that are frustrating beyond all things, and I didn't want to have to jump back into the game at some point and only have frustrating things to do. So I left myself a handful of like fun objectives. How um, responsible of you? Yeah, I was pretty responsible with it. <laughs> yeah, um, it might be Delfino Island, man. I discovered that the greatest Delphino. combination of costumes, which is skeleton Mario with Peach's bridal veil. Nice. You look is that Dia, Dia de los Muertos, Mario? Basically, Dia yeah. Dia de los Morios. Um, do you play random? That's my favorite way to do costumes. Where every time you die, you get a random costume. Oh, how do you do that? You just go to the like any drawer or store or like place where you put on clothes and press Y. Oh, really? It's awesome. So every time you die, you'll get it's. It's not a like a costume. It's like yeah. a bottom part and a top part that's totally different. Well, why that's don't hilarious. do they let you mix and match? Yeah. They do, but, but I think when you mix and match, you don't show up that way in eight bit mode. Um, but yeah, so took a break there and I, uh, I eased my way back into my Fire Emblem Echoes playthrough that I've been working on earlier this year, Been having a lot of fun with it. Um, it's a great strategy game. It's one of the, it's a remake of one of the older games in the series. So it's a lot more stripped down. There's not a ton of like romance that you have to 
waste time with, and it's a little bit easier on the random number generators for stat level ups. So there's a bit more just basic battle strategy involved without having to, you know, constantly do things that diehard Fire Emblem fans, fans do. Like every time you level up, you know, reset if you're not happy with the stat ups that you get. I mean, spending hours and hours and hours and hours kind of doing all that stuff. This game is a lot easier to sort of just play. Um, you get to play through with two different armies at the same time. So it's kind of an interesting story there. Was this the Switch one? Nope. No, this no, is no. A, this is a 3DS. This was, it's a remake of a, I think a Super Nintendo game called Fire Emblem Gaiden or Gaiden Fire Emblem or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's on the 3DS. Uh, and I'm hoping that the Switch one that comes out is a little bit like this. I would hate for the Switch one when it comes out to be more like uh, Fates where it was like three games yeah. where they're related to each other, but there's no point to playing all of them. And they're not really like that. There's just like a mess of things. Um, I don't think they'll do fates again. I yeah. I read enough like criticism of it that I just can't imagine it. Did anybody get Fire Emblem Warriors though? The Switch game that just came I out. I was interested in it, but yeah. the main reason that I didn't get it was because I was also like I bought Hyrule Warriors when that came out, and yeah, it's super game. fun. But it's just kind of like it's hard to play those yeah. after a while. Just yep. a Dynasty Warriors game? It's yeah, literally yeah. Dynasty yeah. Warriors. But the Fire Emblem one is supposedly interesting because there are tactical elements to it, which a lot of games don't have. Yeah, that's what I read too, and I, I want to try it, but I just don't think $60 is worth it. So um, anything else you played or just... Uh, yeah, I've been trying to trying to get back into my Breath of the Wild playthrough oh, just man. to that have more... How are you of, feeling about that game? I'm, en I'm enjoying it. I'm probably going to start it over, though, just because it is... It loses... It loses its fun when you're trying to re see with with a game like Fire Emblem. You know, I haven't played it in five months or so, but it's you know because it's a it's a strategy RPG and you're you're playing these tactical battles. Um, it's easy to get back into the game because you just kind of you just kind of like fight enemies on the map, and then you kind of remember, okay, these are my classes, these are where I'm leveling, this is where I'm doing this. You kind of can ease yourself back into it, but with Zelda. You're kind of at a point where, especially since I'm not really that far into it, um, you know, there's like a rhythm that you develop for learning to look at the environment and trying to climb things and look for shrines and all that kind of stuff. And you lose that because you're just trying to remember what you were doing and how to play the game and what people you've talked to or not. So it's not as fun in a free exploration game like that to sort of get your bearings back in. Um, and it's not like Skyrim, which is also easy to get back into, even though it's similar, like open world kind of game. Well, cause, because everything in Skyrim is yeah. fun but meaningless. So because Zelda, a lot of the side quests are uh, tied to the story. There's yeah, some a lot of, of there's story. a lot of there's a lot more limitations in Zelda, which make everything more valuable in a sense. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful game. So it's you know, and are you yeah, guys yeah. gonna play the DLC? Uh, it depends on what it is. Champ Champions, I think it's called. When you, it's yeah. like the prequel. It's a new. It's a new. It's like a new quest line and new dungeon and yeah. New story. It's a, it yeah. takes wait, place. Wait, before. there's a there's, there's a, a video or what? I know it's see just what, about it. It's just when you go to the DLC and it says what it is. It says oh, oh new dungeon, new storyline. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know if it it's come out yet. There's also a quest in game for Xenoblade Chronicles two. Oh really? Yeah, like I, I just pre-ordered that. Today. When I loaded the game up, is there a, is there a, an addition for that? Like a cool edition with the stuff? There is, but there's no Amazon Prime discount. Oh, butts. When, um, when does that come out? 
I'm just curious. Do I get 10 minutes to talk about the games I'm playing too? Or of course. Okay. You yeah. as, you're playing, as long as you're playing 10 minutes worth of games. Oh, I think I can do it mm-hmm. if I talk about every other game I played. Okay. Well, no. Okay. Let's get to you. You did have a cool announcement. You played something and beat something. I played all three of these games this week. So. <laughs> okay. 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 What did you play? I played uh, Ori and beat it. Nice. What do you think of the ending? <clears throat> it was okay. Um, I thought it was a little anticlimactic compared to the last dungeon that you escape. Um, and I also was looking forward to a big boss fight with the owl at yeah. the end, and I was gearing up for that. And uh, there's there's no boss fights in that game. No, right? there aren't. Yeah. There's there's a couple stages where you have to beat all enemies before a room will let you pass, but otherwise, there, yeah, there's no boss fights. I think it's better for that. I don't think yeah, that game it's would just a be, pure platforming game. It'd be so if they had a bad boss fight, it would ruin something that was. Well, good. now you just. Upgrade to Cuphead. Yeah, <laughs> or I not do. upgrade, but side grade. I do need a side grade to up- fight only bosses. Oh, uh, that's right. That's you like a, it's like started off as a boss uh, rush, right? And then they just decided yeah. to add some yeah. platforming. They should have just not had the. I mean, the platforming levels aren't bad. They are fun, but they should have just had another boss. I think I would have had more fun. I'd um, recommend Ori though for sure. You guys should all. Play what do you think of the ending? It. Did you get some tears? Did you get the in the feels? I didn't. I didn't get hit in the feels. Uh, at the ending, I had been hitting the feels while playing that game. So cool. In so previous, beautiful. yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, in previous segments, but I played it like I was on the very last part of the game. I was on hard. It was a little bit frustrated, and um, you know, I just like knocked it out real quick and wasn't expecting to beat it. It was in the middle of the afternoon. It wasn't in like a feels moment. So. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. If you finish a game in the middle of the afternoon, it's never like yeah. Uh, it was it was kind of anticlimactic. Except for Kingdom Hearts One, when I finished that in the middle of the afternoon as a kid, <laughs> I remember like thinking like I can't play another game now. I finished something I loved. Um, you're that? only allowed to talk about games you played this week. I know. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Because yeah, I will snap you. I'll um, smite you. Okay. Well, I actually didn't even get let Josh. Oh, I wasn't wait, wait. Done what talking. else was Dave like? Jeez. Yeah, oh, wow. you played another thing? Yeah. Oh, what did you play? Uh, I re-upped uh, my World of Warcraft subscription oh. after oh, last week's really? call, <laughs> or last week's <laughs> podcast. Oh, man. Yeah. What have you been doing, huh? Uh, I've been playing a mage for the first time. I've actually never tried playing a mage. Um, I thought that was your first. You were Undead Warlock, and mm-hmm. I thought you had a mage. was your no, second? No, I always had a paladin. Good cop, bad cop thing. Um, I always thought mages were dumb because it's like, uh, why Why would I be someone who's not inherently evil, you know? Like, why not play a yeah. warlock? Why don't you just play the devil? Yeah, right? exactly. That's your favorite character. <laughs> I always do. Play the devil. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing that, and um, it's been actually really fun. It's, um, I mean, I'm not going to play it to completion or, or level up to... You're not going to get all the achievements? No, I'm not going to get every <laughs> WoW achievement. Yeah, they added... Did you play that? Do they Donna, have achievements when they added in that? Yeah, they do. Um, when did they do that? I want to say Years after ago. Burning Crusade, maybe... Yeah. I played... I played like post Burning Crusade. Yeah, that's when we all kind of jumped on it that one summer. I want to say I think right it was after in Burning Lich King Crusade. that they added achievements. Yeah, I never got into them. They were stupid. There were some, so many. I mean, of them. some of them are okay to get. I I get them on accident mostly. Just every. But time I mean, I if do you're anything. achievement hunting, they're insane. To if get you're them achievement is, hunting, I wouldn't play WoW because there's so many. Uh, another off topic: Final Fantasy XI's achievements were the worst ever. Oh <laughs> my god! Wait, the, yeah. the MMO had achievements? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, on the Xbox version, yeah. oh. but. I mean, you had to. You could only get them if you played the game. You like, had to devote your life to playing. <laughs> that game. Did you ever get one, Josh? No, I remember I tried. I know. I think I got one, like unlocking sub jobs and stuff. Yeah. Like when you get there, and 
Well, because the, the expansions all had uh, achievements for just playing through them, but like a lot of the expansions were so like you had to be a very high level. Oh to man, play the expansions in that game are insane. Yeah. yeah. Did They're you guys like, ever get to the end game? No. Oh. It's, oh, is it's, it really hard in that game? You it can, is. It's extremely yeah. hard, and it's it's like you need a group. Like you need you like need, a solid and, group. And even at a high level in a group, you're still like getting destroyed. Like you there's, have to, they've they've made nerfs though. Like they did in WoW, like where yeah. there's raid bosses that could never be beaten, and now they can. Like yeah. they did the same thing with like Shinryu and stuff. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but uh, the hardest thing for me getting to the end game in eleven was just simply that I did, had such bad internet during the years that I was able to play it. That oh, yeah. <laughs> still like the time between modem and DSL. Yeah, so. it's, it's crazy. funny because you could always see who is suffering from that. You walk out into the marketplace yeah. and some guys just spinning in circles. <laughs> and then there was there was a year where um, I bought it because it was like ten bucks to buy the game, the base game, and all the expansions on Xbox 360. And then I bought that, and I had better internet and played, and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's a it's a cool game to explore, and it's like a fun you know fun world. But I wasn't able to I didn't stick with it really. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. I mean, you know, fourteen's better. But anyways, fourteen jo- yeah, is way better. <laughs> yeah, Josh, what is in plus plus? I think I totally interrupted you. Oh no, it's, it's fine, man. In plus plus is kind of like a I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, imagine it's a platformer, right? Yeah, it's a platform, but imagine like a game like Streets of Rage, but with uh, stick figures. It's not Super Meat Boy. It's not that one where it's like you go through the stages and there's like an exit and they're all really small so, stages and you jump around. Yeah, you're jumping around and every you have like um, you know little dots flying at you and little platforms moving. You basically just Isn't it's, that box box boy what you're talking about no 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 this was uh this game's on like everything i want to say it's in plus and now there's in plus plus yeah in plus plus is a sequel to in plus but yeah it's i mean it's not my kind of game i'm not like too into it but it was just you know it was free so i picked it up and free where uh, I got a review code for it. Oh, I was nice. going to ask, what's your next review thing you're uh, working on? Probably in plus plus, but it's not going to be a good review. It's going to be a great <laughs> review. Spoilers. Spoiler it. alert. Sorry, guys. We're going to have to lock this podcast up for a couple weeks till he gets that in plus yeah, plus we'll, review. We'll fix that in post. This has been our best episode yet. Um, it's I'll a ca- 10 out of 10 on Steam, Josh. Are you sure you're going to give it it's a just not. It's just not my type of game. Josh hates everything that people love. Come at him. <laughs> come at him. What? <laughs> what? His Twitter is Josh Friend, and come at him. <laughs> um, anyways. I'm currently ripping my shirt off. Any Anything else? Just in plus plus? No. No, that's it. Um, yeah, I've been, I want to jump back into Super Mario. I might pick up uh, Skyrim for Switch because I'm going to be doing some traveling next week. Yes, that's crazy. This comes out this Friday. Friday. What's that? Fast traveling. <laughs> Fast traveling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Will this be the fourth or fifth time you've purchased Skyrim? Uh, probably the the fourth. I want to oh, say. Wow. Did you buy it on uh, Xbox One? I did. Oh I my did. god. So you know, I'm gonna climb some towers, <laughs> unlock some uh, <laughs> travel destinations, and I'm gonna be gone this week. So. Well, I'll make what I've been playing short and brief. I have been. Wait. What have you? Don't do it. <laughs> So what was the question? I, oh, he's going to do the thing. Yeah, he just did the uh, thing. Anyways. He's been playing shorts and briefs. <laughs> shorts and briefs. I have still been playing Super Mario Odyssey. I think that's the only thing I've been playing, too. It's it's great. I'm it's seven, great. You just talk like Mario. Uh, I'm at 770 moons, so I'm getting to the point where there's just the frustrating moons left to get. But It's a lot of frustrating moons. There's, I mean, there's still just a lot of really, really, like, you know, you just run around, oh, there's a moon here on the ground, but... I haven't decided if I'm going to play through it and go guide and just get all of the moons or not do it. How many moons do you have, Eric? Or Donnie? 825. Yeah, so he's he's 
quite a bit, about 50 moons ahead of me. Um, the biggest problem... math check out? For me... Well, yeah, he's 825 and I'm 775 around, so yeah, it's about, about 50. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, <laughs> the biggest... Yeah, a, the, <laughs> the biggest thing for me is, like, I don't know if I'm going to get all the moons because they made the moon with jump rope, and that moon is just total super BS. It's yeah. the name of what? our show. It's like our show here. Show. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's dumb. They should have made it so me and Donna have talked about this a million times over. Do, do you think that maybe they made that stuff difficult so you would keep playing it, though, instead of like they don't yeah, expect you to beat it right are, away? There's there's two moons like that that are very similar. There's that and there's volleyball. And the problem is, is that they are super challenging, but not fun. Yeah. So, because all you do, you know, you have you have you been to New Donk City yet? No, he's he's only. Yeah. No, I'm like so about you. There. You basically <laughs> on the, the first level in the probably. level. <laughs> there's these two women playing jump rope, oh, and nice. then all you do is whenever they start going, you just as Mario, you run in and hop, and then they get faster every five jumps up until fifty. But you have to get a hundred to get the moon. Yeah. And so, and the first moon's fifteen, I want to say, right? So 15. how how fast so, you have to mash the button down to get you that? See, that's the you thing can't is you can't mash way. because then you get all sorts of weird jumps and jump animations oh. where you like randomly do double jumps. Yeah, throws everything off. So you have to time it supposedly to when they say hey, or supposedly to when the dirt, like when the rope hits the dirt. But it's it's really frustrating, and it's the kind of thing where you can get to like eighty and then yeah, lose, lose it. it. Does it count for you, or do you have to count yourself? It counts no, on it the counts bottom right. Okay. Yeah, but that's the thing is, it's like if you get to eighty, like painstakingly, and then you miss one, it's like what's the impetus to do that again? Because yeah. it's not yeah. a yeah. fun. Yeah. Like the moon that you walked in on me trying to do that really insanely hard. <laughs> I, love I love this sentence. It's a very intimate best. moment. You walked yeah. in on my moon process. Yeah. You was walking in on me. Don't you look. You walked in on my moon doing. Um, <laughs> but that that particular moon is super hard. But it was fun to kind of keep doing. Did you ever get it? No, I, I, I left. I haven't gone back to that. But because it's like a platforming challenge, you know, you yeah. have to run really fast. You have to time your jumps. You have to time your runs. You have to do all that. And that's fun. But this is just like yeah, You have to just tedious. hit the jump, but you can't hit too quick. You can't really even time it, really, because it moves at a pace where you're just hoping you don't get hit. And, yeah. and at least volleyball, they've people have found a cheat online where you can play the game as two-player. And then you move around as the hat, and the hat moves way faster. So you just hit the ball whenever, and they have a grace period when it hits the ground, so you can hit it on the ground and still get it. But for the jump rope, you can't do anything. What? So what is the two player? Sorry, change, change the subject real quick. Yeah. What does the two player in that game do? Is the it like second player plays as the hat? Oh no, <laughs> really? Yeah, weird. Uh, Danny, <laughs> our friend Danny is actually playing it with, with his daughter, his three year old. The only way he's playing, it, he said. Yeah, and so he said it's like playing the game on super hard mode because he plays as Mario and he has to get his daughter to like throw the hat the right places. <laughs> so are you stuck until someone throws it? Like, is that I mean, the whole thing? It's cool because if you have two really skilled players, you can set up incredible jumps. But if you have two people who aren't incredible playing, jumps. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean you can do like you could put the hat in the middle of two walls and then keep jumping off of it. It's incredible. <laughs> is that is that all you're playing, Brian? Yes, that is it. I love that game. Um, there are way too many great games out there though right now, and honestly, let's get into the news before we get into all of our other stuff just a little bit because we'll spread out the news. We have a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. Let's do um, the news this week is very is mostly hilarious. By the way, <laughs> I think we should start with the simplest funny news thing first. Switch icons. Oh, switch icons. They've been there's, people so have been thing, going up in arms though about this thing, for a while. Right, that's the thing. That's what's so funny though. There's a thing now 
where on the Switch home screen that fans are unhappy with the way the icons for games look, so they bitch about it on Twitter. And then now the developer today for Kingdom, Kingdom New, Lands. New Lands, which is a cool-looking game, so awesome. they released a trailer for their updated icon. I'm pretty sure it's a joke, but... It's really funny that That's this the is, only a, this thing is that the thing. Is the trailer. That's the only <laughs> thing it is. It's like, this is our new icon. Are these like thumbnail images? Yeah, yeah the thumbnail are, images. Yeah. Oh, so wow. the original one was like a, a pixelated crown, which fits with the theme of the game. The new one is this like cool looking thing of the game. But, but it also shows the name, right? Because yeah. people are really angry if it doesn't have the name of the game in the art. <laughs> it's like they've done so much right that people just need something to complain about. It's just a funny <laughs> thing because they want their home screens to look a certain way. So it's like... It's just so, it's such a weird thing. It's hilarious. It is a weird thing to even think about. Because, like, when you're a little kid, you'd be like, oh, that's just how it looks. And I, there's no yeah. control over this whatsoever. They're just yeah. so used to Netflix changing their thumbnails every, like, It's only a matter of time weeks. before one of these services start getting up, giving us I mean, alternate thumbnails. And that's the other and thing, you can too. Start switching. That's the other thing is that consoles and thumbnails, you know, that's only the last couple generations. Because, you know, in a, like, the Super Nintendo, you don't go to a home screen, you just put the game in and turn it on. Like PC, of course, has always had thumbnails for shortcuts and stuff, but... I just uh, mean, like, fans being able to customize things upon demand. Right. I think that it's is, like, crazy. the creepiest thing ever. Well, we've got... I say we go into the next big news article Which after this hilarious. about... Well, yeah. So you gotta, you got to preface it with what EA did. Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, this is exactly what he's talking about and what's been changed Yeah, since. but see, this, is, this would be more of the positive side of... It is, it yeah. is. And this is a so, positive thing, but it's still not perfect. Go ahead. So here's what it is. So Battlefront Two comes out today, right? Or came out comes out no, no. Friday. So if you, let's get into the, let's fill in everybody the real. So Battlefields or Battlefront Two's special seventy nine ninety nine edition, or maybe it's only the ninety nine ninety nine edition, mm-hmm. comes out today. Okay. The real game comes out next week. Oh, okay. So if it's you have Tuesday. EA access, their five dollar a month, thirty dollar a year membership, you get it. You got it last week so for ten hours. Four hundred dollars. Sorry, do you still have to pay for all the the loot? Uh, let's, yeah, well, let's, let's, we'll get into yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> so that's. I just wanted to start off on the right foot. Yeah. So this is only for people who've paid a lot of extra money. Do they get the game now a week early? Okay. So what EA has done because there's been a lot of talk about loot boxes in the news the last couple weeks or the last couple months because um, all of the major AAA games this year have basically adopted loot boxes. It's to, crazy. It is and literally it's, insane. It's mostly hated, you know, yeah. of course. But, you know, like we talked about last week, Ubisoft, they released, like, um, financial reports, and it showed how much money they make on these loot boxes. It's crazy. And someone... Who Hearthstone would, makes so much money on their... I mean, that's their free-to-play game, and but they make who millions. We, but that game's always been the um, though. I was talking to a friend, um, and he, he said, because his, uh, his wife used to work for WB Games. Okay. Um, and they were talking about the data on that, and that like 90% of those loot box transactions that these companies are make come from like 4% of the players. Yeah, it's that's, not a huge a thing. They're called whales. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Whales. Yeah. That's the South Park episode. Oh, yeah. They yeah, talk about that. mobile gaming. Yeah, freemium isn't free. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's such yeah. a great episode. Sad is, is really what it is. Yeah. Like the exploits of... So, but what EA did, EA did with the Battlefront 2 is that they, of course, tried to doll it all up. So they released loot boxes, but said that you can unlock everything in game without loot boxes. Yeah. And the the main concern of unlock, besides player advantages such as like cards to equip that offer stat bonuses and things like that, um, and upgrade paths, um, are the characters. Because in the, Battlefront, the heroes, Battlefront, yeah. the hero characters, right? So they released these things um, like 
Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker were like 70,000 credits, in, which is the in-game currency. Some people said about 40 hours no, of play. No, 60 to 70. Whoa. Oh, really? Um, because you, because for you, about per match, you get about 215 to 280 credits. Wow. So basically, to unlock one character, you are playing like an entire epic RPG's worth of play. Or you only spend five bucks. And so, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's probably way more than yeah. five bucks. If it was five bucks, this would be less of a thing. I think it it could even be. I mean, one character for five bucks is a lot of money when it's just one unlock. It's also know? guaranteed. If it's five dollars, I think the majority of people would go, okay, I'll play. I'll yeah, buy but it. the hard thing is that there's a lot of different char- hero characters, yeah. and if you, you know, it's like you're either investing in one or spending real life money on one, or buying loot boxes to randomly get credits and things to get them um and you don't even know if you like playing as that one because there's not like a there's not a trial yeah there's not a trial games have been good where they allow you to try the characters i want to say i honestly think league of legends in is probably the best example of a game out there that lets you like try this stuff before you buy it the middle earth moba did that same thing where they would rotate which characters were free and so that you could try before you buy it yeah um that's something that ea should consider doing but so they went, EA went on Reddit and did like an, I don't know if they did an AMA, they just did like a post uh, defending and saying like, we wanted uh, every character unlocked to feel like, f- we wanted players to feel a real sense of accomplishment for everything <laughs> they unlock, the something best. like that. And it became the most downvoted comment in Reddit history, but not minus just 30,000 or something? 300 something thousand. Oh, wow. So, Jeez. but here's the thing. The next closest comment was 20,000. <laughs> so they like, they didn't just become the most downvoted comment in Reddit history. It was like by a massive amount. Oh. So now they've released a statement that they've cut the cost of these characters to like ten thousand credits or something. I it's it's a lot lower. It's seventy five percent reduced. But yeah. it's still people are saying it's still gonna take a while. So fifteen hours. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy five percent reduced is still huge. Now, to be fair, not every character is ex- as expensive as Vader and Luke Skywalker, which were like the eighty thousand credit yeah. ones. Leia or But those were still like forty thousand, fifty you know, so it's yeah. still mm-hmm. a lot of time investment. And Battlefield two you know, or Battlefront. Battle, sorry, yeah, sorry. Battlefront they have the two, same yeah. Na- it's so close styles. Yeah. So Battlefront Two is supposed to be like outside of the loot box hacks, a really awesome game. Yeah. So. Yeah, just we'll to see. Just to get a uh, you know temperature for the room, Josh or Dave, are you guys looking at this game? It, it, it looks pretty awesome. Not really. Not right now. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe in the future. I am looking at it. Because yeah. single player campaign is supposed to be awesome. Yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, can you play it without having to spend thousands of dollars on DLCs and yeah? Live so how long is it? Do you know, real that? quick. One positive thing I want to add is the these loot boxes suck, but they got rid of season passes, so there's hmm. no maps or anything that are going to be locked. I would play it for so, the single player campaign, but um, how long is a single player campaign? Do uh, we know? Six to eight hours, I think. Oh, it's not bad. Uh, no. Okay, well, I just changed my mind. Why? <laughs> I'm not going to buy a $60 game for six hours of gameplay. Damn. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's actually kind of the norm, though, now. 60 not hours. for me. Okay. But yeah, maybe for people who ne- like can ne- spend money. like Next whatever. Black Friday, Dave. You got yeah, this. maybe next Black Friday. It'll probably be 10 bucks, <laughs> like what I paid for Battlefront 1. Okay. That's yeah, the- that's a dollar an hour. That's a dollar an hour. Movie quote. Yeah. What's that from? Napoleon Dynamite. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. But, yeah, I, I, I feel... Bad for EA because they also won the worst company two years in a row, yeah. 2012, 2013. I mean, a lot of these things, they come down to the fact, too, that <clears throat> the econo- the economics of game pricing, like game prices should have gone up 
a long 10 time years ago, ago and yeah. they haven't they've they've stayed the same $60 for however many years now whereas there was games during the Super Nintendo era that were 80 bucks yeah you mm-hmm. know um, and wasn't the technology cheaper now even though the budgets are no no no, 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 no. The, aren't they expected to make more money on each game they I guess because there's because larger budgets base, yeah. but yeah the budgets are now in the hundreds of millions there's a huge mm-hmm. issue with bloat in budgets and yeah. stuff and part of that hopefully the way evolution goes is that you know, we'll get things that are more scaled back and focused instead of every game being a map game. But yeah, right. But what's the yeah. R- what's the return on investment on these humongous games, though? They, I think, right now it's not actually. They don't really have a set return on investment anymore because some of these games make literally hundreds and, the, and the hundreds of millions, and some don't make their money back. Hmm. Like that's why there's a company called Volition. Like we really are bad about doing this on Super BS, but. A lot of companies did layoffs recently, like mm-hmm. a ton. I want to say. Are you saying you were going to do layoffs? Yeah, no. we we're doing layoffs uh, before people. That's, that's normal though with development cycles. But I mean, like you remember the company who did Saints Row? They yeah. made a game called uh, Agents of Mayhem. It came out in August. I want to say they let they let off or let go of like half of their staff because thought, it didn't yeah. sell well. That's thought, pretty common though, right? To let off, let go of teams that. I thought like, that was a popular well. game though. Uh, Saints Row was no. Agents of Mayhem. Yeah, the did problem, not sell anything. The problem is I don't know if the technology is cheaper because AAA games keep going up and up in price, and all of the mid-tier AAA game like because that's the thing. Like yeah. I don't even remember hearing about Agents of Mayhem, and I keep up with the game yeah. news. Yeah, and Volition Saints and Row is like a big franchise, yeah. but they don't. They definitely don't have the budget that a company that a massive company does to like keep up and compete. Yeah, you know, and it's crazy because like games like you guys remember Torchlight. The mm-hmm. Diablo ripoff that yeah. was really cool. They got their whole sh- their whole company shut down this yeah. last week, which was a bummer because um, their last game, Hob, didn't, which was like a PlayStation Four exclusive um, that came out. I want to say right at around the same time, like as Cuphead, mm-hmm. like right around then. Like I didn't wasn't interested in all those. Like obviously that it came out then and nobody cared because there was six other games that were big that came out that same day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this whole thing with loot boxes, though, I remember it in the dawn of DLC, like the people were saying kind of the same thing. So do you think... Yeah, but in I, DLC, it was a lot... With the dawn of DLC, it was different because you're getting more content. Yeah. Loot boxes, you're getting advantages, basically. Sometimes yeah. content, when you count like, oh, I got credits to buy characters or yeah. in-game currency or something like that. So loot boxes, I think, are... In my opinion, okay, because I've never had to buy them, as long as they are not unfair. So, like, in Battlefront 2, they're slightly unfair. So, I'm like, eh, that's dumb. But, you know, what? it's better than that stupid pass they used to put in new games only, where, like, if you bought the used game, you would have to... I didn't... I never bought the used game, but it was, like, an EA pass they made that was 10 or $15 that you could only play online if you had this passcode. Oh, you remember yeah, that? I remember that. It was the Xbox 360 era, and everybody, like, revolted against it. So they stopped doing it. Yeah. Be, but so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the consumers, us, all the people decide to do. But Battlefront 2 is, is definitely getting the heat on them. Considering Shadow of War, Call of Duty, and every other game release loot boxes. I guess Shadow of War is not really a multiplayer game, though. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal, is it when it affects competitive play. Yeah. It, wasn't there a game where you could buy loot boxes or you could buy stuff that would put you in like lower ranked matches with really good weapons and just you just be able to mow over everybody. I mean, I don't know about that, but that idea is is Hearthstone. Essentially, you can you rise up the ranks as you're playing and however much money you spend gives you like whatever. Mm, no, that's I, not true. Okay, but hey, say you're a brand new player and mm-hmm. you spend 50 bucks and mm-hmm. you get 
Ragnaros and all these other people. Well, Ragnaros, you can't play anymore. In uh, okay, well, whatever. Uh, the original <laughs> thing. I, I know. I know get... what you're getting at, and and this is why I think that um, Blizzard should have implemented a tiered system within Hearthstone matchmaking based on your card score. Like that, your deck would have a score based on how valuable all the cards were, on the, based on the rarities. But obviously, they never implemented that. And yeah, I agree that that's a problem with Hearthstone. But there's a lot of skill involved in Hearthstone as well, and luck. So even if you do have an, an amazing meta deck, and this actually changes season to season when new cards yeah. and things are released, but um, yeah, it, it really is about, I think it's more about skill, um, at least when I was playing it in the vanilla age. I think there was there was uh, some pretty popular streamer who recently accepted a challenge where he thought, he thought he was good enough that he could go on, make a brand new account with all uh, basic cards and then rise through the ranks. And he was saying that he was having trouble at like 18 and 19 ranks because he started hitting meta decks like in the 18s and 19s. Now, right? Now. Okay, because yeah. it used to not be so bad. No, and I think that's because, like you were saying, people spend 100 bucks, 50 bucks, and get a get a meta deck, and they, then yeah. they're considered competitive. Um, I guess I guess I was confused because it wasn't really like that when I was playing the game previously. Yeah. I think what, it, what this all kind of hints at is that all of this takes away from just playing the game. Yeah. And that's the thing, is it's like loot boxes... They are a distraction because it's like they, they come with advantages in most cases. I mean, there's a handful of games, I think, that have purely cosmetic loot boxes. Yeah. Or even a game like Shadow of War where, um, you know, the review consensus of everything that I read about the game is that is that you're not, it's not like, oh, you can buy these loot boxes or just spend 40 hours. It's like, you're going to be fine just playing through the game normally. You'll get everything yeah. with, with reasonable amounts of time. Because um, the game's pretty long, anyways. So it's exactly, the same with yeah. Assassin's Creed yeah. Origin. You, yeah, people exactly. said like, "Hey, you could play, you could buy the stuff if you really don't want to ever play anything extra, or you could play like a couple hours of side quests." Yeah, but I think that's what that kind of goes into that Nintendo article that I that I linked to you guys, where it talks about respect for players' time. It talks about right. kind of trying to re break down what big games are in a sense because. Mm-hmm. It does eventually these things do distract from just playing a game because and with competitive games especially it's challenging i can imagine with something like hearthstone where it's a competitive game and involves all these different factors and there's a there is a not just a need to you know for blizzard to put out new content for a game yeah. but a desire to like you know as like a player you want to see new cards mm-hmm. like it's not like you want like just however many like however many hundred of cards there was in the vanilla age which is also when i played Hearthstone. 80 or something i want to say yeah i don't know yeah it's like about that it's exciting when new content comes out but then it comes with so many problems yeah um i will say that for battlefront 2 and a lot of these games i would much rather have optional loot boxes than forced season passes where they splinter the player base and you don't get the maps unless you pay like Battlefront One, the reason why I didn't buy it till it was ten dollars is because you had to pay fifty dollars additional to the game to get the maps, and sure. there were only four maps in the base game. Yeah, that I was. It does change for me because I was actually looking forward to the multiplayer Battlefront Two, which is supposed to be great. And I don't look forward. I mean, I'm not a huge multiplayer player, so there's not a lot of times where I'm looking forward to it. But I think you'll still enjoy it. I yeah. played it without spending any money and uh, in the beta, and it's it's not the best thing ever, but You'll jump in it. You'll play a few matches. You'll. I mean, you're not probably going to be like any of. We're, none of us here are going for esports pro 420 
no scope gaming. What's the 420? That's literally that every, every single no scope person's name ever. There's no like XX 420 oh, no yeah. scope. <laughs> no scope, just dope. No scope, just dope. 420. Anyways, I want to talk more about the open world stuff, but I want to get some stock corners. We got a guest talking. Let's take a quick breaky poo. Sure. Mm. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. Let me get it. Hello? This is Super BS. Young King Dave. Sorry, what? Who is, is this Reggie? Uh, no, hey, sorry guys. It's uh, Veet Veet Mesquite here. Oh, Veet Veet Mesquite. Uh, of course. Wow. Veet Veet Mesquite himself. Uh, Vita Vita. You guys just missed Reggie, though. Me and him were talking some sweet, sweet Mario uh, stuff going on. That, uh, oh, cool. But he, he bailed right now. We got into a fight. and Dang. I punched him. He kicked me. He but. ate a pizza from Pizza Hut. His whole company <laughs> stopped. <laughs> 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 the old president of Pizza Hut himself ate a big I pizza just, pizza. <laughs> Reggie the Hut. I was questioning his commitment to the podcast, and he got all butt hurt. So Dang. Reggie. The, are we? Is this the quiz? Is this part of the quiz? <laughs> no, but this is the quiz. This is the quiz. Uh, <laughs> this is the, oh, okay. down everything yes. he says. Let's be on the test. Effing remember what you said. So, Veet Veet Mesquite, we're we're told he, that you have a special treat treat for us. Uh, no, Reggie had a quiz prepared, and I, oh. I guess I'm gonna have to do it for him. Okay. So, um, okay. I'll tell, tell Reggie the <laughs> proctor bastard. Okay, yeah. hate that guy. <laughs> All right, we'll proceed. Proceed. All right, we'll jump. We'll jump right into it. Um, right. I'm not even going to give you the topic. You're just going to have to figure it out based on my questions. See, okay. oh my God. is that one of the questions? What the topic is? What <laughs> is Mary Shelley's most favorite and famous <laughs> book? <laughs> oh, <No>. Frankenstein. <laughs> it's all about Lord Byron, all right. actually. Lord okay. Byron, ready, guys? Right. Yeah. All, ready? Right. Qu- all right. Three questions, okay. right? Okay. Yes. Thanks to Reggie. Okay. Out of the 33 games that make up the complete Castlevania franchise. How many of them incorporate the creature from Mary Shelley's amazing novel, Frank? <laughs> I'm glad One more time. One more time. Out of the 33 games that make up the complete Castlevania franchise, how many incorporate the creature from Mary Shelley's amazing novel, Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus? Uh, I mean, these real how many of them include Frankenstein? Good, good <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many? How many words was that question? Ten. <laughs> uh, so, so Professor Jaken Schlankman, uh, are we going to do question by question, or are you going to do all the answers at the end? No. To, let me know when you finish, and I'll go on to the next question. Okay. We ready, guys? I'm ready. Yes, I don't ready. have a clue what that is. So <laughs> let's go. Let's go. To yeah, two. yeah. Let's, let's do this. All right. One second. In Mary Shelley's original novel, 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 just keep it the way it was supposed to be. Uh, It it never actually ascribes an actual name to the monster, but Victor, in referring to his creation, refers to him with nine separate names in a way. 
uh, can you name all of or part of those names? Okay, wait. Just let me let me clarify for the listeners. You want us to come up with all the different euphemisms that the professor made for his creation? Correct. Okay. There are nine. Wow. There are, there are up to nine. How many can you name? Okay. I got mm-hmm. all two of them. <laughs> Just for the sake of example, honey buns is two words. <laughs> Does that count as two answers or one name? <laughs> That's a one-word answer. Okay. In quotes. I like how our minds are so in tune, Donna. My <laughs> my answers were very similar. All right. Question three. Do it. Question, I've only done question six. Three. I need, I need La- last one. Reggie actually had a thirty-three-part question uh, quiz, but I <laughs> I narrowed it down to three. Um, Thank you. Bye, last one for us. Thanks, my bro. <laughs> 11, last actually. one. <laughs> last one. <laughs> I'm not no math magician, okay? <laughs> magician. Frankenstein has been made into hundreds of movies. And in the 1931 film starring Boris Karloff, Universal <laughs> oh Studio, Studios filmed two alternate endings, ultimately choosing to release a happy ending to the public. The movie was a success, which eventually led to a popular sequel. What is that sequel called or its name? Oh, I got it. I know this one. By Mel Brooks. That's hey, <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> I was going to say The Addams Family. Okay, you guys ready to do this? Let's do answers? this. Let's do Let's this. Let's go, okay. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick. Um, should we each re- take turns reading an answer? Yeah, okay. okay. We're going to start question one. Can you uh, <laughs> read the question one more time for us, VB? <clears throat> question uh, one. VB, um, out of the 33 games that make up the Castlevania franchise, how many of them incorporate Mary Shine, uh, the creature from Mary Shelley's amazing novel, Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus? Let's go counterclockwise, Davey. Let's gonna go clockwise, starting at Eric. I oh. wrote the correct answer of zero. <laughs> Ooh, I almost wrote zero. Okay, go ahead. Don't, don't tell us if we're uh, right till the end. Right, I did one. Okay, I did six. I said three. Tell us the answer. <laughs> Please. Out of the 33, uh, the, the creature makes an appearance in 20 of them. Wow. wow. Okay. Totally mm-hmm. right. I was the closest. I said six. Thanks. I'm so just <laughs> changing my answer real quick to okay. 20. Three of those 20. Okay. So tell us question two again, my bro. Wait, wait. Do we uh, have a, a weird convoluted point system like Brian did last time where it's just like whatever he feels like no, at that moment? I did it based upon how many correct answers you got out of what. So oh. I would get six out of 33 on this. <laughs> you would get one out of 33. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no way. No. That is not, the, not That's how, how you do math. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, read us two. Uh, the second one is who can name the most uh, names uh, that Victor Frankenstein calls his creature. Okay, tell us who's starting the question. Or, or starting answer. Uh, starting like answers. Oh, let, let Josh a... go. Josh feels confident on this All right, one. I got Josh this. Feels... Hey, you ready? Yep. Okay, I got Frank. Frank, let, let the record show... <laughs> That I have not interrupted Josh yet this far. <laughs> <laughs> this minute. <laughs> we have just only started our first interruption of Josh. It's like, it's like in those I, warehouses where they have the no accidents for this many days. I just <laughs> zero. have one of those. I just wanted to make it known that Jake decided you go right now, not you. Oh, good. Oh, thank you, Jake. All right. Ready? You know what? Actually, fr- can we start with... Um, <laughs> can, can we start with Brian? All right. All right. Fine. Brian, let's no, start go off for with it, you, Josh. Okay. Go, go ahead. Josh is going. Before All right. we change our minds. I got Frank. 
Frank Bank, Stank Frank, <laughs> Frank Frank, Frank Jank, uh, Jenks Frank, Reggie Stein, and Frank This. All of these. Is that more than nine? Uh, that was <laughs> <laughs> Eleven, hoping one of them right. Okay. Bonus points. Donna, let's go. Let's go right. for it. I got Honey Buns. We, didn't we talk about this? I one? have Frankenstein. Ooh. <laughs> nice. I have Husband of Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> there you nice. go. And I have Abomination. Okay, Ooh, I think that good. one might actually be right. Mm-hmm. And then okay. what, what about you, my Davey? I got... Uh, Brian, why don't you go next? <laughs> <laughs> Let it. the Dave go! Let my David Hey, go. this is Reggie's order sheet. I'm just following him. Reggie. I right, can't argue with that. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. I have uh, the correct names. Mm. But... Son of a butt and buttzilla. All three of those are totally correct. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I can't top that. <laughs> uh, funny, funny wise. <laughs> funniness wise. Funniness. Uh, funniness. Uh, Which, of course, leads to the spin off franchise Buttzilla versus Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about Butt Kong? Uh, Frank and Butt. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I should have done that. I missed a totally good name there. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got. My son, my boy, <laughs> Frankenstein Jr., Precious Lamb. Those are all names for Dave's son. <laughs> <laughs> and Lil Greeny. <laughs> Lil Greeny. L- little okay. Sebastian. So how, what's little the correct answer? Okay. The correct answer is Creature, <laughs> Fiend, Spectre, The Demon, Wretch, Devil, Thing, Being, and Ogre. And Frank so, Bang. Mm, I thought for all of you, would sure be one. Abomination was closest. Seeing as how none of you got even one right, I award you zero points. And we thought that. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, simple no would have sufficed. Are, are you grading on a curve? What's, what's question three? Uh, oh, uh, Frankenstein has been made into hundreds of movies. In the 1931 film starring Boris Karloff, Universal Studios filmed two alternate endings ultimately choosing to release the happy ending to the public. The movie was such a success, which eventually led to a sequel known as... Okay, who you want to start this one? Um, Josh. <laughs> now we get started again. <laughs> All right, you ready? Underworld. Oh, man. That's like Josh's actual favorite movie. <laughs> Not I, Frankenstein. I, I Franken- <laughs> weenie. <laughs> that's like Aaron Eckhart's greatest film, right? Yeah. Not Thank You for Smoking. Wait, Frankenstein. That's it's not the, one... the sequel. Thank you for Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the one with Daniel Radcliffe, was it? What was no, that? No, that's Horns, oh. where he turns into like, a satyr. <laughs> I get this confused. Okay. okay, somebody go next. Uh, okay, mine were. Uh, I'm gonna steal this from Brian. Young Frankenstein, my idea, and also the real answer, Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, now go. Donna. I also wrote Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein to the Frankening. <laughs> <laughs> I put the Where real. He becomes really frank with everybody all the time. <laughs> the real, <laughs> the real answer is Son of Frankenstein, and I got it right. Thank you, Jake. Actually, Brian, because of your failure with the answer being the Bride of Frankenstein, we have a three-way tie between you. Dave and Eric and Josh. Hooray, we all win. Wait, Josh. why? Why is Josh coming? Because I got the first Josh one. Josh coming square and last. You guys, oh. you guys weren't even near the first one. Okay. What is this? Horseshoes or hand grenades? Hey, uh, VV, real quick before we let you go, what you been playing? Vita, Vita. Just tell us the one game you've been playing, what you think about, what you love about it. Mm, well, I finally got to open my Switch and been playing that sweet, sweet Zelda. 
and mm. uh, it, I know it's cliche. It's called Breath of the Wild, but and I've said it before. It really is kind of like a breath of fresh air to the Zelda franchise. Franchise. I think it did a lot of things right. Uh, I know a lot of people were hesitant on the the multiple smaller. Uh, 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 um, but shrines, shrines, the small shrines. But um, <laughs> I, du- I dug them. I dug them. I, d- I dug the the butts and the smaller so we shrines. We thought these butts were too small. This <laughs> <laughs> is like Sir Mix a Lot rap uh, album. <laughs> it's great that there was multiple, but they were small. <laughs> <laughs> so so Jake, thanks for the cool quiz, man. That was cool. Yeah. We'll have to bring you on hey. next. <laughs> BS. Wait, what do you guys say? Oh, I was going to say thank Reggie. He wrote this for me. <laughs> Reggie, your Whoa. savior. Thank you, my bro. Thanks, uh, my savior. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, my savior. We'll talk to you soon, my brosif. All right, guys. We'll, uh, look forward to seeing you. Super BS Later, out. Man. Peace out. Bye. Please out. Okay, now what are we going to do with this stock corner? Give it to us. Uh, Sure, yeah. Um. Okay, so should we just start off with the old Nintendo? Yeah. The NT Doi. Um, well, they were up today. They were up 1.5%. They closed at $49.40. Xenoblade Chronicles. That's interesting because most businesses close at like 5 p.m. I know. They close That's at money. So weird. <laughs> I know. Only publicly traded companies close at money. Uh, anyways, so what do you guys think about Nintendo's plans to ramp up that production of the Switch? I think they're going to try to make. 30 million switches. Yeah, that's what they said in the next year. That's crazy. It's probably a good idea. I mean, they've played the scarcity game with it. Yeah. And it's done really well. It's yeah. highly it's highly acclaimed. And you know, I mean, the only the only complaint Nintendo ever has with their hardware is that it's not as competitive as the uh, Microsoft and Sony ones, but yeah. It doesn't Nintendo, try to graphically. Exactly. That's no, the thing. Yeah. And, and it's and you know, like every couple consoles or so, it really doesn't matter. You know, the Super Nintendo was underpowered, Nintendo sixty four was underpowered, the GameCube was underpowered, and that was not as much of a success. The Wii was ex- insanely underpowered, right? It was a the massive most, success, yeah. right? Um, uh, accidentally though, right? Yeah. That was like an accidental success. Yeah, well, I didn't know. I don't think everybody. Did they know that every, everyone's grandma. Yeah, Wii Sports. <laughs> yeah. The but Nintendo's gonna win this holiday season alone just because they're the only ones releasing like con- like good. The crazy, yeah. The craziest thing though is if they sell thirty million, if they sell that number, this is the second highest selling Nintendo or third highest selling Nintendo console after the Wii and the original Nintendo. Not including handhelds. Yeah, not including handhelds. Handheld market is stupid. Yeah. Um, Wii was, I I think it's this. Man, I can't remember the number, but it's a hundred and twenty million or something like that. Mm. But it's really high up there. It's like behind PlayStation Two and a few others. Anyways, though, uh, Nintendo's got a lot of other really awesome things cooking for it, and um, they're really Chronicles Two, which I just pre-ordered. Yeah, that's not on my list. So I'm not going to talk about that's that. That's the main thing on I'm, his list. I'm, I'm actually crossing that. I'm writing it down so I can cross it out. Um, but as I predicted last week that they're going to end the year at fifty dollars, I definitely think they're on the way to doing that. They are sixty cents away from that right now. Um, they also had the release of Hulu, or like the announcement that Hulu's going to be on the Switch. It's on it now. Okay. It's, it's well, cool they did that, finally. Yeah, I think that was um, kind of a long time coming, but I think that's great. Uh, and then also, Odyssey is, I think, the fastest-selling Mario game ever. Yeah. Yeah. So Crazy thinking that, like, we just talked about the Wii, sold 120 million units, mm-hmm. and Galaxy isn't the top-selling Mario ever because we had that amazing problem of having the most hardware and the least software. Yeah, the same yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Interesting. All right, so switching over to uh, ATVI, aka Activision Blizz. Uh, they they closed today at 64.03, so not 5 p.m. either, just so you know. Okay. 64.03. But they were up 0.64%. So not a huge win, but definitely a win. Um, they're, I mean, not that this is directly connected to them having a, you know, a good stock uh, season, but people are talking about the Overwatch movie potentially based on like fan-made Overwatch shorts. So what do you guys think of that? That'd be pretty cool. I like the Overwatch shorts a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, doesn't really excite me at all, but that's cool. Yeah. If it was like, if it was Blizzard sponsored and not like fan-based and I don't know, did you guys ever see the WoW movie? No. I, I, I like the WoW movie. It I thought was, it was fun. It was yeah. okay. I saw it in China. I didn't see it, but I, I have a feeling it would. I would have, I would have liked yeah, the I'm more sure like backstory with it, but. Mm-hmm. Real quick, going back to Nintendo, just because you mentioned this, mm. did you hear that they're planning on making a Mario movie yeah. made by the creators of Minions? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I did not hear yeah, that. Yeah, Illumination, right? That, that should have shot their stock up $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a rumor because there was also rumors of that. Uh, Zelda live action series that never happened. What happened to that hmm. Pikachu movie starring Danny DeVito? Did oh, that ever exist? Uh, you know which one? Wait, wait, no, wow. Detective Pikachu. Detective, that's a game. Yeah, oh. no, they were making a movie of it too. I thought it was a movie. Uh, Sorry about the sidetracking. I just, I thought about that. It, keep, awesome. it pops up on IGN every once in a while. Um, what do you guys think about? So back to Activision Blizzard. What do you guys think about their statement about? Um, World War II, Call of Duty selling twice as many copies as uh, Infinite Warfare. You think that's true? I'm sure it's true. Infinite Warfare was like the most hated Call of Duty game ever. But there's been like very negative reception, not maybe very negative, but less positive than hope for reception of Call of Duty Warfare 2, right? Or, uh, World War II? World War II. I mean, here's the problem. Every annualized game, it's this thing where people stop caring. And like mm-hmm. they made a mistake with, I want to say Ghosts and Modern Warfare 3. And so the fans, like, we have a bunch of buddies who play the, that series. They used to play that series regularly. And they didn't like the future stuff, so they mm-hmm. stopped at Ghosts. And then they played Advanced Warfare for a minute, but it was future, so they got over it. And then there was Black Ops 3, which was future. Infinite Warfare, which was future. Mm-hmm. They don't care anymore. You know, it's been three years. Yeah, so Activision leadership even acknowledged that. And they said, yeah, that's why we ramped it back to, or whatever, dialed it back to and World War II. That, real quick, that kind of sucks, because I the creators of... Uh, World War II, uh, Sledgehammer, they made a great game. Advanced Warfare was awesome, and they wanted to make Advanced Warfare 2, but they weren't allowed to because of, you know, what happened with the trend. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, okay, so I know that we always get on p- big game companies for, you know, oh, you have to do this because shareholders, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've seen what happens when a company does really poorly with a game. They lay people off. So it's yeah. like that is – if that's the alternative, then, sh- you know, make make the games that are successful so keep people – it's just employed. A, it's just a bummer because I feel like players can tell. I didn't play World War II, so I don't know how it plays. But yeah. a lot of players can tell when a company loves what they do and when a company has to make this thing, you know, because they have to make if, it. If you notice too, with like the announcement of World War II, like that was the first time that like people actually seemed genuinely excited about a new Call of Duty game because they didn't really offer anything new up until this point. In which case, the something new was something old. So. Yeah. But you know. something new, something blue. Something. <laughs> it's a, just a big wedding prep. We haven't been doing this that long, but I'm sure we all remember when World War II games were like every year. I thought you were gonna call it like a real world, of, like World War II reference. Like, <laughs> oh no, we don't remember this. But. Oh, I mean, it's crazy to think like they stopped that. But do you guys remember that? Every mm-hmm. shooter was World War II. What were those games? Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. Yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. Call of Duty. That's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were more than that. He's a liar. 
Uh, James Bond. James Bond, World War II. Uh, all right, so back yeah, back to yeah. the stockies. Um, EA was also positive today. They're chilling at 112.27. Uh, they were up by 0.23%, not a whole lot anyways. Um, yeah, I think we talked about it off offline, but um, EA recently acquired Respawn, or they're set to resco- um, acquire Respawn for $315 million. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, the makers of the best Call of Duty games. So and well, Titanfall, Modern Warfare, Modern Titanfall Warfare is a game that's set for loot boxes. So yeah. oh, for sure, yeah. Titan- we'll they see want. what happens with. Uh, what's wrong? Oh. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, it seems like we could probably we could probably hold out hope for a really great respawn game in the future, yeah. and then after that they'll suck. Yeah, see, I mean, it, it's kind of it's it seems like with the big companies like. Bioware and things like that, getting bought by EA and stuff like that, with Blizzard being an exception. Um, it seems like it's the same as like big beer buying out small breweries. Like they say nothing will change, we just get more money, and then it starts to suck after like five years. That's the and, same with anything, though. Yeah, and I think it's a lot because the the creators and the owners who k- get the buyout money get a leave and then start their own thing, you know? Like yeah. mm-hmm. the creator he, of Minecraft, he yeah. sold out for $3 billion and then he he's not a part of that company at all. Yeah, but um, EA seems like they'd be... They they're in a position where they could do some they could garner really great like goodwill because of the whole most evil company in the world thing. Yeah. Um, because they have their sports division, which is like super profitable, even though everyone hates like all like critically speaking, like no one cares about sports games. Like every year, sports games occupy like one second of the major gaming news because no one cares. And sports games, most people that like the millions of people that buy sports games rarely are that invested in anything with sports games. So it's like a different environment, but it's profitable. Seems like EA, what they could, what they should do is just let go some of their shady tactics on their more niche gaming companies, even Bioware, since they're an RPG mostly company and let them do more, have a little more creative freedom. Um, at the expense of a couple bucks because they are always going to make money on their sports games. Yeah, but you're but you're talking about like the oversimplification of just the inorganic acquisition process, which is always kind of a dicey subject and speaking of dice. Right. <laughs> what? They own dice. That's the, oh, that's the dice. company that uh, made that made Frostbite okay. the engine. Got it. Yeah. Anyways, though, so in this situation they're keeping the leadership of um, Respawn on at least for the time being. And as far as that person is saying, I think his name's Vince something. Vince Sampella. Yeah, he's he's spinning the acquisition in a positive light. Which is crazy because they made such a big deal about how evil Activision was yeah, when but they left. The thing is, they sold out for $400 million. I'm sure Vince is going to see a good mm-hmm. portion of 315, that. $315. $315? With some like, potential to oh, okay. uh, earn out. I mean, you imagine, like, say he even gets $80 million. That's a lot of money, you know? Like, that's... Yeah. And he created the company, so I'm sure he's going to see a good portion of that buyout. Yeah, uh, what I was going to say though was about just act, like acquiring companies in general. It's a really rough process, and the chances of having a successful synergization after the acquisition are really slim, especially if you keep on leadership, it's because the leadership will create some sort of like pseudo coup within the company, and there will be sort of like managerial upsets between the employees. Um, working up to their uh, former leadership within the company that was just acquired and then also um, outside reporting situations. So it's just like when you acquire something that's like an art generating asset, it just kind of it kind of pushes the envelope of what's acceptable. And, um, you know, because at the end of the day, these are commodities and these are products. 
but when there's artistic integrity on the line that can easily get compromised when you have to do like real business butt stuff yeah well that's what happened with bio where the the everyone left basically i mean yeah the, the doctors the doctors left the doctors are out <laughs> well that's you've been a part of companies that have either acquired others or you guys were never acquired, you're from ea right yeah I, EA. I acquired yeah. ea yeah, myself acquired personally. ea personally that, that's why I'm, I'm speaking to experience because I've, I've been involved in situations where the companies are either you know happy with the acquisition or they're extremely upset about the acquisition it's a horrible synergistic process and that's just talking about like hardware components for and like there's like no artistic integrity in the line at all so i can imagine it being even crazier when it's something like this yeah i mean i imagine if any of us worked on something that we loved and then we somehow got money and but we still wanted to make that thing we yeah. loved then we we don't want to just I say think, you can take over i think at least critically speaking because i don't because i mean this this comes to the same thing that i was just saying with sports like yeah sports can do no wrong i mean you know i know that you know, different. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. Yeah, <laughs> boom! It's a total touchdown. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's you a know, total field hockey. <laughs> um, but in the in this in the sense that like, it's a it's an easy formula, you know. And then you know, people get outraged when there's like tons of transactions that go along with sports games and stuff. But for the most part, no one really cares because sports game people are going to buy sports games. But um, it's it seems like this um oh, dang i forgot my point it had nothing to do with uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's lost actually it. kind of funnier yeah. but uh that's not a slam dunk that is not no. a slam dunk should i jump back into stocks oh yeah we, we got a few more to, to talk about right we can do we can do oh uh, let's skip um actually it's always the two. most fun though just because they always we we give a lot of hate to EA. They had some great games in the past. Mirror's Edge. They do oh, a lot of annualized. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Brand recognition and brand loyalty and brand quality. These are things that are becoming, I think, more recognizable to people. You know, in when we were kids, Super Nintendo. There's no internet. You know, those kind mm -hmm. of things. Yeah. You know, you don't know all the stuff that's going on with a brand. You just you see a brand. And you're like, oh, I know this is gonna be good and right up my alley. But now. You know, people are wary of EA. At least critically, they see what happens when studios, when like a, a studio like Bioware's quality becomes less and less as it goes on under these things. And now, you know, the big name Bioware that EA bought, it's not as valuable anymore because their games are not doing as well. And brand loyalty as a whole, like we, you know, I don't want to delve too far out of games, but like even Apple's newer phones are selling less than their older ones. Like people just don't. They're, they don't care about these brands because the brands... Consumers are too smart now. Yeah. They're, they're too savvy. It's not just like, oh, hey, Samsung released a new thing. Let me go buy one. You know, like... I mean, those people will always exist. There will always be brand loyalists. Yeah, but do there's just not a ton of them anymore. Do you think anymore. that people are more likely to get burnt out now, too, of certain things? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because yeah. people will be wary of... You know, they'll get burnt out for the right reason that something is not as good. So, <laughs> I accidentally bumped the computer, but we're talking about the stocks. We are going to skip take two. They didn't really have an eventful. No, they did. I just don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we lost like about two or three minutes take of recording. Take two. Take two. Take, two. <laughs> take <Yeah>. it away. <laughs> okay. uh, basically, they just had a really, really huge jump in stocks last week, almost 11% because of their earnings. What are they getting these earnings on? Just GTA 5 still? Uh, I don't know. I they mean, they, they did. just they just beat they just beat their quarter. They released L.A. Noir again on everything today, so that's kind no, of no, released, no. Are it, they two K eighteen? It's not today stuff. This is last quarter's results. Oh, is this two K or take two? Take two. Take two is the GTA team. Yeah, two K is the other one. You're right. So so this is exactly what we were talking about. How present day announcements 
don't yeah, necessarily affect it. Affect yeah, it but I'm just saying they just they released a big game today, so I thought it was interesting. Okay, but it just didn't have any effect. <laughs> so it affected it totally. Okay. It just affected cool. it totally. Uh, okay, so lastly, really quickly, Sony. Um, people are predicting that their stock is going to go up 20% in the next little bit because of their gaming sector and their uh, phones or something like that. Like the computer, uh, I don't know, the camera that they're going to be putting in their phones or something Sony's like that. phones or the camera that will go in other... I, I, think, okay. I think it's the camera that will go in the phones. We have some buddies who do phone stuff, and all of them recently told me that they're getting rid of their Canon equipment and buying Sony. So maybe Sony's... Camera stuff is like top of the line now. Well, I anyways, don't know. because of that and their gaming sales, the stock in total is predicted to go up twenty percent, which wow. is huge, and it's already a forty-six dollars stock. So, Josh, invest. you do a lot of video stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Sony actually has some really good cameras. Like they're because they're kind of invested more in the the mirrorless technology, so you're bouncing light around less places inside the camera, and it actually looks really good. I know a lot of people who like have purchased the uh, the new A5, and it actually it's, it's a very nice camera. Okay, yeah, I was just curious about that because uh, a couple of our buddies bought one recently. Yeah, because they're they're just investing in technologies that other camera companies aren't doing right now. So, and it's paying off. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about one more. Do we have more stocks, or is it Sony? No, no, is no, our, no, no. We're Sony's done. Our last one. We never added Ubisoft, did we? No, Ubisoft's on there. I just skipped them. Uh, okay, nothing changed, or. Yeah, just uneventful. We also talked about stocks for like 20 minutes. It's okay. I love stocks, okay? I remember There's when you bumped thing. the computer? I'm sorry I bumped <laughs> a computer and had to use the restroom. Super BS, I am human. I apologize to our fan base. Super we BS. Love you. Super <laughs> BS. Oh. Um, anyways, there was one more news story before we talk before Josh is going to enlighten us on some really things that will help lighten our wallets. Um, Donna introduced me to an article this week about open world gaming and kind of what Nintendo's been doing. We've been I, I like describing it as open world gaming. It is open <laughs> world gaming, okay. This is gaming that happens in the open world. Um no, but we've been showing a lot of love for Nintendo recently between Breath of the Wild, Super Mario and a bunch of their other games. And yeah, just uh tell us about the article, Donna. Oh, it's just an article that sort of talks about um the state of the state of games and obviously you know like we talked even just a few minutes ago we talked about how remember when every game every shooter was world war ii also remember when every game was a platformer or whatever when, when every game was a first person shooter yeah. so now every game is a map game you know which is a map with tons of objectives and collect things to collect just constant busy work essentially um with varying success depending on how interested you are in the look and feel of the game and that's kind of the trend that started with the success of Assassin's Creed. And uh, the article just talks about how Nintendo has kind of taken that formula with, in two different ways with Zelda and Mario and made it really interesting again by removing the, in Zelda where the game, instead of being like a map game where you're constantly, you know, looking for points, instead the map in a sense is the game because you make the map in a sense, like in that sense where you put markers where you want to go and then the game is the environment. And it's not like, okay, now I know where I got to go to collect my next, like, B for my B collection and my next, like, ancient letter for my ancient letter collection. Yeah. Um, Those were the worst. The flags yeah. in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> or uh, or just all the, like, artifacts, like the millions of artifacts in Far Cry games. Um, uh, those are dumb. Yeah, I never collected all those. But, uh, um, and then Mario, on the other hand, does kind of a similar thing where the map is sort of like a 
like a hint at where to go. And then when you get further along in the game, you can have things pinpointed on your map. But essentially, these are not games where you're really using the map for anything other than actually using the map the way it's supposed to be. Like, oh, I want to go to this thing that I see over here. Yeah. And that's it. It's not like you're you're basically playing the game while looking at your mini map. Like, all right, I see. Here's my like indicator telling me this point is right here. You know. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed that not a lot of games have done, and I think I might just cut you off, Josh. No, no, I'm sorry if I did. But um, I I like that Mario Odyssey doesn't have a mini map. You have to actually oh, yeah. literally like, bring up the map, and most of the time I don't care because I've all the worlds have recognizable points, so I don't really need a map. Yeah. So it's it's great, but it's essentially like you're not being you're you're playing the game your way. That's why I like about these like that concept is that like uh like an Assassin's Creed game, you're basically being told how to play. You climb the tower, you get the uh, the objectives, and you know, you can go to them or you don't have to go to them. But with, like, Zelda, you you pinpoint where you want to go. You are choosing how to play the game. You are shaping your own journey instead of having yeah. the developers do it for the way, you. The way the article de- describes it, too, which is a really great way to describe these particular Nintendo games, is that they respect the player's time. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. There's not, there's not really, I mean, there are some things that you could do if you wanted to spend hours, like the Korok Seeds and Zelda. But for the most part, it respects your time. In that sense. And same with Mario. Mario definitely respects your time. It's always fun. Yeah. And you only have to do as much as you want to do. Because right. you can beat the game with only like a couple hundred moons, right? Yeah. You can beat the game probably realistically in five or six hours. Really? You could easily beat the game in that time. You could beat 64 spent, in that amount of time, I think, too. Yeah. If not faster. I mean, I probably spent 10 hours to, to get to the end because I played a little bit extra. But I, yeah, I didn't like stay at every place as long as you can. I didn't do completion of stuff. But I think if I actually ran through it and just did the mainline quests, probably four to five to six hours. And it's awesome. It's I want to actually replay that game. Like as soon as wow. I'm done, like that's really the main, you'd replay it. That's kind of what I want to do. Really, it's, it's really like, fun. After even after you get 999 moons, all I can think about is like, yeah, there's other games like Wolfenstein that have great stories that sound interesting, but I Mario just want to play Mario. Mario is particularly delightful. Yeah, it's just mm. fun. It's like it 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 boils down all the other things that games put in. And just brings the fun out, like hmm. yeah. And there's and there's something that's nice about Mario is that there is instead of like a hundred different things to collect, which are all kind of the same level of meaningless. It's just the one thing. It's moons. Yeah, <laughs> the whole game I is mean, based on that. It's they not have like one currency that's also interesting to collect, and those oh, yeah, are a lot yeah. of fun. Like the world too. specific coins. Yeah, they have yeah. a world. Yeah. Oh, and those are so much fun. Like yeah. finding those are. I say finding those in moons become equally enjoyable once you get to like you only need five more coins. Once I find those last points, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, I found those coins. Isn't yeah. it too that figuring out how to get them is just as much fun yeah. as like playing the actual game? There's My favorite is they take, so I, you know, one of the best things they do is they have these little doors you go through or pipes you go down and they bring you to another like challenge room that is just platforming like this or doing this and they have the same thing for 2D sections and a whole bunch of other stuff and in those, there's only two moons. And one of them is just like, get to the end of this semi-challenging section. And the other one is like, get this other moon that it's is more challenging there, yeah. or hidden. And it's just a blast. Every time you play one of those, there is always a different mechanic to learn, always a new thing. They only last like three minutes, four minutes. So you're not like, oh, I have to redo this whole section. It's just, it's so well made. We could talk yeah. about this game though well, way, way, way too So long. would you guys consider Mario an open world game? It's a take on open world games, yeah. definitely, yeah. Hmm. It is definitely 
going to be going hard into our our game of the year discussion, which we're gonna start. I want to talk about at the end of this. So we've got a lot to talk about. We it's getting a little bit late. Um, before we end this open world stuff, do you guys have anything else to add? Because we got one last big topic for lunch. Well, that, well, just just to further that point, that's the yeah. that is the point is that they these are takes on open world games, yeah. where there's they're more focused in their objectives and more um, more like abundant in their exploration in a sense because you're not explore like you're not just trying to reach points on your mini map, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, oh, it's so great. Not even I, I opened that today. And I realized. There's no mini map on the screen. I didn't even realize that for most of the game. Yeah, because you just don't care. Yeah, and Zelda has one, yeah. but it's not not a main part. It, there's not, a, you know, it's not like every time you're trying to get to a new area, you are like encumbered with like different icons for like here's your icon for this collectible oh, and this so, collectible and this collectible. That stresses me out playing yeah. games like that. I hate it. The yeah. article also mentions that the map tells a story too in itself. Like you go to different points and it tells you like different facts about what happened in the world and what's happening. In Zelda or Mario? Mario, uh, I think. Mar- was it Mario? Oh, Mario is the best because the maps are all travel brochures for yeah, every game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So great. That is, and we've talked about this before, but I just want to reiterate like the one thing they did when they were making Zelda is they focused how Disney, they studied how Disneyland does things that interest people where they did line of sight and they made something mm. interesting right outside everyone's line of sight. Interesting. So you'd want to keep going to the next point. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah. It, it was, uh, man, we could, we could spend a lot of time. We probably will spend a lot of time at game of the year. Um, anything else about open worlds before we move on to the last thing before we do a game of the year session, I think it'd be cool if somehow i could play one of those games we need to yeah we need to figure out that a way for you to do that i love my switch too much to even <laughs> let anybody do you we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, off air we'll but figure that out later we, we're gonna do a game of the year thing soon and we'll probably bring veet veet on for a little bit but um josh you had something you want to talk to us about oh yes yeah, so in that buying time of the year my bros as you guys know uh there's a little day coming up next week called thanksgiving and um boring yeah yeah well <laughs> It used to be the day after Thanksgiving, but now it's starting on Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a little it uh, like two weeks before now. A little it's... politically incorrect named uh, day called Black Friday. Can we say that on air? Is that yeah? Is that I, cool? I think <laughs> now it's become uh, now it's a problem. <laughs> it wasn't previously. Did I, till... did I just make that weird? Um, yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what I have here is a list. Sorry, of... Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> I had to call him out. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Why though? Why? <laughs> yeah, do tell. We'll, really... we'll talk about this off air. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Max. Okay, so <laughs> what I have here is a list of who is selling what. So I'll, I'll get to the good stuff. At Walmart, you can buy a VR bundle for two ninety nine of the PlayStation Four Gran Turismo Sport, and you save a hundred dollars. It comes with a camera, headset, and Gran Turismo Sport. But no PlayStation 4. But no PlayStation and 4, yeah. a game that we don't care about at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about how much we hate Gran Turismo. You can, uh, so uh, as far as consoles go, that you don't have to buy bundles. You get PlayStation 4, one terabyte for one ninety nine. So but it's not a pro, right? No. I mean, the, the regular PlayStation 4 is pretty good. What's and the you're difference? You're going to get an Xbox One X, right? Um, the pro is... 4K. It's like a well, mm. it's not real 4K. It's a crappier version of the Xbox PS4K. One X. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it came out a year ago, so the Xbox One X is much more modern. It has a lot better specs and it's way yeah, more. But powerful. basically, it's like the um, they they kind of like placed Sony kind of jumped the gun on the like let's release like a 
an upgraded version of our console this generation, but they didn't really almost I mean it is it is technically better, but almost everyone hates it. Oh, it's like the S instead of waiting for the eight. But yeah, but see, like the, the next Xbox edition. One S is oh. actually like an S because it's just No 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 I'm talking about like the phone. He's talking about the phone. Like, I know, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The Xbox One S is more akin to the phone S because yeah. it's like it's better. Sli- it's like slightly modified and upgraded. Mm-hmm. But the PS4 Pro was marketed as like a full-on upgrade. Oh. It'd be but more it's like, like a seven and eight, whereas it's more like a seven to seven S. But it got marketed as a seven to an eight. Well, would X to Sorry, we're would Xbox iPhones. to Xbox X be that's uh, a, that's almost eight a, to a, ten yeah. eight to an X? The I, Xbox One X is a pretty big. I don't know. It would probably be an eight to an X. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like same generation. I love this but analogy, guys. Yeah. Dude, sorry, we're <laughs> it all, all makes Apple. Sense now. We definitely don't love Apple. I'm on not here. a brand loyalist. But um, no, yeah, it's the X is just a lot better. It's I mean they have numbers against it. PS4 Pro is a hundred dollars cheaper though, so it's not like it's like then the Xbox. Hundred dollars cheaper a year after it's being released. Yeah, um, it, yeah, but it's no, it was always four hundred though at launch. Right, but it's still four hundred. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can find it for probably three fifty or three hundred, but I would say the original PS4, or PS4 Slim is is pretty good. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So speaking of Xbox, if you want to go to Walmart, you can get an Xbox S, uh, five hundred gigabyte console for one eighty nine. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all. And so they have, as far as games go, they have thirty six titles priced at at thirty bucks. But uh, here's a few of them you can get. You can get uh, South Park: The Fractured Butthole. Oh man, that's great. Thirty uh, bucks. That's a good deal. Yeah. Wow, uh, Uncharted: good. Lost Legacy. Forza Motorsport 7, Shadow of War, Evil Within 2, Overwatch, Need for Speed Payback, and Wolfenstein 2. Hmm. Real quick, though, um, Uncharted Lost Legacy was 20 bucks on Amazon just this week. So, so I don't know if don't buy it bucks. at Walmart. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, was. You can get Call of Duty World War 2 for $43. Not bad. Uh, for $20, here are a few of the titles you can get. You can get Horizon Zero Dawn, Tekken 7, Skyrim Remastered, Forza Horizon 3, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 for Switch, uh, Rayman for Switch, and Injustice 2. One more uh, time, could you tell me that price for Horizon Zero Dawn? $19. Okay, yeah, it's really good. That's a good price. One more time, can you remind us all that <laughs> Final Fantasy XV's Noctis was announced for Tekken yeah, 7? Yeah, that is awesome. That is we didn't rad. even get to talk about this. <laughs> that's enough talking, I guess, about it, but yeah, that's right. awesome. So we're going to jump into Target now. Uh you know, it's a, if you buy, you get the same price for the Xbox One S as you get at Walmart, but it comes with a free $25 gift card. That's oh, cool. Oh, nice. So yeah. it's like almost 160 That's so smart of them because yeah. you, you're going to put it towards a game well, and you're going to make money off of you. It gives you incentive, too. <laughs> so for $15, here are a few of the titles you can get. For Honor, Forza Horizon 3, Lego Worlds for Switch. What's up? <laughs> he's like getting he's like he wants to make sure he interrupts you at like the best time <laughs> uh skyrim remaster final fantasy 15 resident evil and watchdogs 2 for 25 dollars, you can get ghost recon injustice 2 call of duty infinite warfare crash bandicoot grand theft auto 5 tekken 7 lego ninjago for 35 racist too josh oh jeez for <laughs> flipping race. For thirty-five dollars, you can get Assassin's Creed Origins, Need for Speed Payback, uh, NHL eighteen, Forza seven, Battlefield one. The uh, what's that? The expansions? Something of the oh, it's I Czar I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, for thirty dollars, you can get Overwatch, Shadow War, South Park, uh, NBA two K eighteen, Evil Within two, Destiny two, and Wolfenstein. If you want to jump over to Best Buy, they've That's got... That's 30 bucks for Destiny 2? 30 bucks Wait, wait, for Josh, so for 2. Best Buy, maybe just tell us, like, the highlighted cool differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's, uh, here's what you can get at Best Buy that you can't get at other places. You can get 
uh, near uh, Automata. Oh, for wow, that's a great game. $25, you can get um, Assassin, the Assassin's Creed games are $5. No, it's Assassin's. Assassin's. Ass, uh, so all the games you can get at Target. They're small. For, There's multiple, but they're small. <laughs> multiple, yes. All the games you can get at Target for uh, $30, bucks or $5 more at Best Buy. But Best Buy does have some Switch games you can get. So you get Bomberman for $25, Sonic Forces $25, 1-2-Switch for $25. These are the worst Switch games ever. uh, (laughs) Yeah, for some reason. Bomberman's supposed to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, but $25, I still think that's like a $15 game. It was selling for $50 on release. Yeah, well, because, okay, so they have a brand new uh, edition of Zelda coming out. And I guess that's release day on Black Friday for it. They have it Best Buy. It's fifty nine eighty nine. Never heard of this. It's Breath of the Wild Explorers Edition. It must oh. be the the, the DLC. Yes. Yeah. Oh, season pass. But season um, pass. yeah. Other other than that, uh, you can get uh, Best Buy has for fifteen bucks. You can get Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted, the collection Ratchet and Clank for Honor, Mass Effect Andromeda, and Halo Five, and that's really that's it. So real quick, no deals on actual Switch consoles no no deals on switch yeah not this year but there should have been i'm surprised there's not a ps4 pro deal there probably is somewhere but they may be not announced yet amazon probably have one so they put the ads online but you can't like scroll through them like they have pictures and if you can't really zoom in on anything so how did you get did you find all that information manually yeah i just kind of researched it wow (laughs) dude thanks josh i actually I commend the all of Thank us you guys. online you. are thanking you. Real quick, we got some house cleaning to do and housekeeping. Not, no, not housekeeping, <laughs> house cleaning. Like I've been saying every week. Um, before we do that, let's talk about epic fail today from GameStop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah. We almost missed Jeez. this. They started a used games like rental service, which was, we talked about a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and we were sort of excited about it. It was uh, a cool idea. Skeptically I optimistic. <laughs> I think it's an okay idea that I would have loved 10 years ago, yeah. but it is old. But, yeah, it was 60 bucks. You get uh, six months, and then supposedly at the end of the six months, you get to keep one game. Yeah. That's what they said. Well, anyways, that's been discontinued. Before it even <laughs> launched. Josh, tell us as our number one GameStop fan, uh, tell us all the stuff about GameStop. So, basically, they they were told to take all the advertisement material down for it because they're – Put it back in the store. Put it in the back of the store. Put it in back yeah. of the store because <laughs> – <laughs> And they're, they're told to tell people that their computers can't handle the new system as far as, like, trading games in and out goes. But I don't think that's true. Like, it doesn't sound true to me. Uh, no, it, it can't be. I mean, it, maybe it is, but it's probably because of how, one, exploitable this is. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, all you got to do, you know, if you have, like, a scratched-up copy of a game is just go bring get a in. used version and then trade it out when you rent it out and bring it back. Right. There's um, that. There's the ability to literally just, like, they take the most popular used games and then they can't sell those. Yeah. Like there you you have all the Horizon Zero Dawns, all the Breath of the Wild. Yeah, imagine imagine <laughs> like, like when they were those, like, imagine like when they were trying to sell Xenoblade Chronicles for a hundred dollars. Yeah, you can't do that. Somebody Jeez. rented that copy. Even though they were new. Yeah, it's yeah. and they knew, but they were open. <laughs> it's yeah. the craziest used. Do, do you think they had that a, was a just as a recap? That was a rare game <laughs> that was limited in print. So what GameStop did was GameStop it bought, had the full publisher. It bought its like, own copies and then opened them and then sold them used for a hundred dollars yeah. because they could. Was that what you were talking about? The exclusive straight from Japan games. That, 
Yeah, like it, for weed. This yeah, was a long okay, time yeah, 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 yeah. I don't okay. get that. Why would they open it? Because, because they actually so, get more money. They yeah, get because, for, because when you because the retail price is MSRP. it was 50, 50 or sixty bucks like a normal game, oh. but a used game they can price however they want. <laughs> oh, I see. That's really funny. They had the full license too. They were the publisher of that game. Wow. But they created the MSRP at sixty, probably assuming. Uh, whatever it won't. Well, you I think know. Nintendo determines that, doesn't they? Don't I, they? I don't know. Maybe. But I'm anyways. not sure how MSRP is determined. I think it's the manufacturer's suggested retail price. That's okay. exactly what it stands for. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, Nintendo or the, the manufacturers decide, but they were the publisher, so they didn't get side that. So they mm. ended up like opening them That's and then so selling them used. They did the same for <laughs> Zelda Sky, Skyward Sword. Sword. Yeah, because you found that in stores for 70 or 80. The Metroid Prime trilogy was also sold in stores for way higher than it actually came out at. Yeah. Really and I saw weird. these copies. They were pristine. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were used, then the person had never opened them, never touched them. It's interesting, too, because GameStop has really weird policies about used games. I've sold a handful of games to GameStop when I'm like, I just want to get rid of the space yeah. they take up. And, like, that's kind of the main drawback for their rental program anyway for me is it's like I've sold back special editions of games, and they literally throw out everything except <laughs> for the discs. They're like, this oh, time. this came with a soundtrack. We can't take this. We like, yeah. they, they like, we were not allowed to. It's so it's dumb. Like, why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. I bought yeah, The Witcher it? three there once, and they tried to sell me just the soundtrack. They didn't even put the get the disc in there. <sighs> Eric probably sold the soundtrack to them. <laughs> yeah. And like, they, oh. said they, they said they threw it away, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, before we end, Dave, can you do the house cleaning for us, please? Give us, uh, let us know what's going on in the world and what uh, we should do as listeners and fans and friends. Oh, yeah, that. Okay. Um, Guys, we want you to rate and review our show. We currently have 10 ratings up on iTunes store, whatever you want to call it, podcast, Delio. And we would love to hear more ratings and reviews from you. We love your feedback. We thrive on it. We, uh, it's our sustenance, if you will. It's our baby. It's we our baby, you. and we want to nourish it and uh, love it and feed it. So please do that. Um, we also want you to hit us up on Facebook. Right. What is our Facebook page, Josh? Uh, it's just Super BS. Super BS Cast. Super BS Cast. Okay. We also want you to follow us on Instagram. And what is our Instagram? I want to say it's Super BS Games Cast. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Let me just check real quick. Our website, we definitely got uh, <laughs> uniformity on all of our sites. Yeah. So don't worry. Just find us. It's, it's easy. Uh, also, we're up on Podbean now. so We are up on Podbean. What does that mean for listeners, though? Uh, nothing, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> depends on if you like beans. Yeah, it's just... We, the, just uh, wanted, we wanted to tell you we pay for a service. If, we if just wanted you, to rub it in your face. We pay Podbean, okay? If you get uh, your podcast... If you're one of those people who uses the Podbean app, we are now up on Podbean. And okay, okay. Our Instagram is Super BS Gamescast. <laughs> to the five people on earth that use the Podbean app, we're there, okay, guys. <laughs> oh, what you could do to help the show is actually download our podcast. That'd be cool. If you could, if you, when you listen to it, just make sure you download it because certain apps that we use to to track how we're doing. Well, if um, you subscribe, it will auto download too. Does it auto download? Yeah. So if you subscribe, it will, and that would be cool. We would love to keep doing awesome stuff, and we've got a lot of stuff planned, but um. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, that'd be cool. We don't want to push it on you. We we mm. want to see the support, and we we you know we love doing the show, but we want to make sure that you know 
we're doing it for for people for more than one other person. Yeah, more than one Max, other we know person. you listen. We love you. Okay, man. So so show us your support. Um, Black Friday aside, Max. Black Friday aside, Max. I Max, mean, I, you were probably not going to be here right then, but we wanted to tell you about these deals, anyways. Hopefully, you can find it in your heart to forgive us. PC for gamer only. <laughs> PC gamer, as in politically correct um, gamer. Yeah, but we have a lot of cool stuff planned. We're going to do a uh, a Game of the Year cast probably in the holiday time because um, mm. I don't think there's any big games. Oh, Max will be in town too. Yeah, we might try to have some guests on. We're still trying to figure out the logistics of more than four microphones. Mm. And on top of that, we'll have some mini BSs and a bunch of other – we're going to try and get more interviews and stuff lined up. And try guys. to get some Patreon content going as well. Yeah, I think right. in the start of the new year, we're going to do some new cool stuff, and we hope you're all there. We would love to keep doing this. Um, you know, we do it out of a garage, and we love you guys, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, send us an email, too. Yeah, superbscast at gmail.com. There you go. There you go. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Cool podcast, guys. BS. Okay. That's, uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.